Let's do the damn thing. Oh, you know what time it is. It's time to take it to the burn land. It's about to go down. Hope you're all ready. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, let's yeah. go. Come and roll with me to the burn land. Friends got to giving you the word, man. Any other BS is absurd, man. Sports talk and they give it to you firsthand. They can talk turps, they can talk O's. Yeah, they both lit. That's how it goes. Baltimore squad, Ravens and Poe. Better tune in. Here gonna show. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. BS. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. BS. It's all about that BS, baby. What's up, BSers? What's up, peeps? Friend Scott, Ryan, James in the house tonight. Drew is dealing with the uh, the Mucinex men running through the family, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I guess they, their whole 4th of July uh, weekend was like ruined from the sickness or whatever. Uh, so I hope, hope you guys are all getting better. Yeah, hopefully everybody's feeling better. Uh, how you guys feeling out there? Everybody have a fun 4th of July day weekend. Uh, for me, it was a four-day weekend. Got to play golf with some of the fellas. Yeah. Which went well-ish. Well-ish, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, weather, weather was great. Ryan Scott. turned his, his game around in the second half. Yeah, Scott's a hell of a caddy. He shaved 26 strokes off. That's how bad <laughs> I was in the first half. Yeah, well, when you shoot 72 on the front nine, it's pretty easy to shave off 26 it's strokes. It's not right? easy, I'm but joking. when Drew starts telling me what to do, or not Drew, but Scott starts telling me what to do, it was a lot easier. <laughs> you just got to uh, play to what you're doing, that's all. Yeah. Hopefully everybody out there had a good time with their family, got some uh, some well deserved time off from work, and uh, some good R and R. Yeah, I, I was excited. It was it was just a relax relaxing weekend for the most part. You know, yeah. we went out Fourth of July morning, which it was like debatable. Do we go out? But we went out at eight a.m. tea time. Got there. Weather was played, great. Played about a four and a half hour round. We were done like twelve thirty. Yep. So we were out and we were able to do whatever we wanted to do for the rest of the day. So it was it was nice and got to go see the fireworks and have some fun. So Yeah. Got to go swimming. I pretty much sat in the pool for about six <laughs> hours with my iPhone underwater. I was gonna say I hear your uh the your iPhone, iPhone barely 12 made it. is waterproof certified. I can attest to that <laughs> now after it was underwater for quite some time. We enjoyed a minor league game. We did. We ended up yeah. going to Aberdeen, had a good time up there, got to see a uh a very fast-paced game is the first like seven or eight innings went by quickly, and then uh, as the Ironbirds were down three to nothing, had a nice comeback victory. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show too. Yeah. Got to see fireworks twice that game. We did, <laughs> we did. Uh, so the Ravens, we, we're going to talk a little bit about some off-season moves that have looked good on paper, and so far the you know the little bit that we've seen in camp. But is it going to be good enough to appease the fans? Because if you're listening to social media right out now, right now, expectations with this team are extremely high. And is that realistic to have these kind of expectations? I got into some good Twitter debates today with a couple of our uh, followers and a couple of friends of the show. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Why are we appeasing the fans and not just worrying about being competitive? <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll talk more about that. I'm interested okay. to see what your take is on that because you didn't chime in. So no, the Orioles. Still struggling. It's it's been a struggle, guys. And but look, there's a few bright spots that are keeping it alive. Steady Mo, yeah. your boy, your son, my son. He is headed out to Coors Field <laughs> along with Trey. Trey in a different in a different uh, light. But yeah, it's it's exciting to see some of the some of the bright spots. Even down in the minors, there's some bright spots that are kind of happening. Um, but the the ones at the majors, I think, are obviously getting the the national attention, and it's well deserved. Yeah. Well, one bright spot uh, down in the minors that we got to see up close has been struggling. 
struggling, and he continued to struggle when we were there at Aberdeen, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Okay. Uh, the Terps lose out on, what, two-thirds of the big three that we've been talking about, Ryan. Uh, so does that mean this year's expectations change, you think? Uh, I think they change for me. I'm not – this was kind of about worst-case scenario for me. We've done much better on the recruiting, getting additions than I thought we would. But I thought we'd get at least two out of three back. I didn't think we would go one for three. Yeah. So I, I, my expectations are slightly dampered. I guess well, the locker room wasn't good enough for them. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a right. football thing, but we'll talk about it for sure. <laughs> and then uh, this week's rundown, I don't know how, but you and I both picked the, the, picked the biggest tra- tragedies of the week for yeah, our rundowns. The, the press cast. Yeah. Then we got some uh, bad dad jokes. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> we got a new addition back here that Mo's sitting on. We're gonna do a little bit of formal would you rather's. Yeah. So uh, I don't have to pull these out of my ass anymore. <laughs> no, no. You can pull them out of a box now. Yeah. Nice. Uh, just, just don't put the box in your ass. We don't need to be <laughs> up with that road. Uh, but then we're also after hours. We've got our first annual Birdland BS dynasty draft we're going to do the order selection tonight live on the show uh big thing a lot of debate been going on rules and changes and how we want to set this up so you guys get to see who all is involved and then uh you know we might we might just have to get ken zalas on here to talk a little fantasy yes that'd be good that'd be good so for those that are in the dynasty league make sure you tune back in if you're not going to stay in for the entire show probably around like 9 15 9 30 that's when the after hours should start and uh, we'll do the live draft at that point. Ryan will, Ryan will tune back in for the uh, Terp segment and then <laughs> go right gonna into it. Ryan's going to go to sleep for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but before we do too much, we do want to remind you, if you've ever been injured at work or in an auto accident and weren't sure who to call, 855-MD-CRASH. The Maryland Personal Injury Attorneys that will have your back. If you find yourself in an unfortunate situation, just like I have a couple of times, give our team at MD-CRASH a call right away. We all know the cost of medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. It all adds up quickly and potentially can put you in a bad financial place. If you want a team that will handle your case, big or small, and just give you that peace of mind, save this number now. Like I've told you a million times, 855-MD-CRASH. It's 855-632-7274. Be sure to follow them on Facebook for some fun giveaways. And I did confirm, like I said last week, they are doing giveaways for a Ravens game. So if you're not following them, do it now. Do it now. Yeah, I saw them doing that giveaway the other day. I was yeah. like, all right, let's, let's go. Right. Oh, man. So let's talk to Flock Nation, right? Yeah. You know, we, we've had a lot going on in this offseason. Mm-hmm. Been a lot of moves, some good, some bad. And it kind of got me thinking, and it got, apparently got other people thinking, too, because we saw Jamison Hensley kind of talk about the, the draft side of things. Mm-hmm. He wrote that Rashad Bateman, from the talent that he's seen on the practice field, this kid has the talent to be a in his words, bona fide number one wide receiver. That's great and all. I really don't give two shits what Jamison Hensley's approval is. <laughs> I really don't. But what I do take, you know, some some ownership in is Marlon Humphrey. And yeah. Marlon Humphrey has been public about what he's seen in Rashad Bateman, and it's all been positive. I believe Marcus Peters also did, like, in his one of his interviews, he was asked about Rashad. Marcus Peters talked about him a little bit as well, but Marlon Humphrey is a guy who doesn't really speak out of turn. You know, he doesn't really yeah. talk people up unless there's hype, you know, unless it's real, you know, and it's concrete. You're talking about a top five corner in the league giving praise to a rookie wide receiver, you know, Says and not just this rookie wide receiver, but this wide receiver core and all the changes that they've made, you know, bringing in a Sammy Watkins. We all know the talent that he has and the ability that he has. The question has always been the health, right? 
Yeah. Uh, but what they've seen out of him so far in camp, obviously, again, what they're seeing out of Rashad Bateman, Tylen Wallace, uh, and some of the development with these guys. Yeah, I mean, we, we've heard a lot from Sammy Watkins, and he, he looks like he's going to be a great fit for this team um, in, in his style of play. And then Watkins was another guy giving Rashad Bateman a lot of credit um, and, and being able to go up there and get the ball when he's asked to, um, running clean routes, that type of stuff. So yeah. he he sees him, and he sees this kid as I, – I almost – I like it because you know how I am on mentorship, right? Yeah. And tutelage. I kind of look at the way that I'm hearing Sammy talk about him. It's kind of like Sammy can help guide him yeah. right on the little bit of stuff that he needs. Not that Sammy, like we talked about, Sammy was never a true number one, quote, number one wide receiver. That was never the case. Right. But he is a successful wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. And so anything that he can help to provide this kid to help take him to the next level sooner, faster, you know, however you want to do it. I am all for it, and it, it seems to be translating. I think the other thing that comes into play here is what did they do in this offseason prior to the players? They went and got the coaching staff. Yep. That's a big part to this is that you have coaching staff that knows what the hell they're doing with these wide receivers, how to get them to be open, and working on that chemistry with Lamar. And from what we're hearing, it's kind of across the board. It's not just Sammy and Rashad. It is that entire core. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you guys noticed or not, you know, everybody wanted to give shit to Lamar and to the Ravens social media team with that one pass, the one pass <laughs> Lamar had to Sammy Watkins that the Ravens most social media team should have never put out there, but they did as it was terrible. Well, they followed that up with an epic video. A montage of, of throws. Yes, a montage <laughs> of throws that all just seemed to have a familiar tight spiral to them. Can, uh, I, can I say they did not let anyone film his throws for about a month and then put together 30 throws over that month for a montage? It wasn't a month. So, they haven't been practicing for a month. Was, but it was like a week saying, and a half. Like, Nobody show his throws, and then we'll pick out the good ones. But again, yeah. the reason behind the whole uh, video silence, per se, was more so to prevent schemes and route combinations from being out there. If you notice, like the video is chopped up in a way that literally you just see You're seeing Lamar the throw, throw the, the ball and, and the catch. You're not yeah. seeing everything that happens in between. So good job to Ravens social media for a bounce back there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, speaking of Lamar and that whole situation, I, I did want to bring up something that I thought was inter an interesting take and and did make me kind of scratch my head at the article a little bit, but it, it was a thought provoker. Okay. So from ESPN, Bill Barnwell wrote about the Ravens' biggest vulnerability. Mm. Can you guess what? Did you see this article? No. Can you guess what he said it was in his eyes? The biggest vulnerability? Yeah. Pass rush. Nope. Okay. Backup QB. What? Backup QB. We have two of those, I thought. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I was scratching my head. Because he said that you have you have Trace and you have Tyler Huntley, but now you have game tape out on both those guys. How it, much? You can't game tape Huntley's <laughs> I, speed. I don't yeah. think you can either. You, you could got a real good shot of Trace McSorley going down with a knee injury. <laughs> you got a great <laughs> right. shot of that. But Lamar I guess, coming off the pooper. The, right. <laughs> With a cramp. Um, yeah, no, I, I just thought it was interesting because I, I was like, okay, is, yes, we know that pass rush is, is a bit, is a big question mark. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, there's still question marks on the offensive line because we haven't seen these guys go up against anybody, right? Mm -hmm. Fair. It, I don't know that backup QB, that's what, that's why I'm saying it was interesting to get your takes. You guys had the same reaction yeah. I was. Backup QB, right? I think what his point was, was he, he wrote about, 
last year you had RG3. Who was but, worse than both But at the same players. time, that's that, what I was that like. That was going to be my well, point. Well, wait a second. But I think his, his piece was the experience for an extended period of time. Because Tyler and Trace <laughs> both have not been in for an extended period of time. They've been in for a short amount of time, end of game, wherever they need to come in until Trace gets hurt. Neither of them, nobody has experience in playing a whole game as a starter if needed. So I get the the ideal the idea behind RG three having the experience. Obviously, at one point for a couple of years before the Nada, you know, injury and the the sack that you know busted his knees up. He was a good quarterback, but ever since then he hasn't been much of anything. You know, and that's no. why he doesn't have a job right now. That's why he's looking at. He only had a job as a as a basically another coach for Lamar. Right. And that's and that's my thing is that he was brought in for that purpose, right? right. To be that mentor. He learned learn from me and the mistakes that I made and don't make those same mistakes. He served his purpose, he has moved on. But the little bit that we have seen out of Trace McSorley and Tyler Huntley, especially Tyler Huntley, there's a lot of promise there in this type of offense. We talked about it before. There could there probably better options out there as overall quarterbacks, right? Just if you're ranking quarterbacks one through a hundred, there might be some better backups out there that rank higher oh, than, yeah. than Trace McSorley and, and Tyler Huntley. But in this style of offense, again, you have to have somebody that can come in and seamlessly run this offense. There's not too many of those out there. And I think we've got two that run this offense pretty well in an emergency situation that I hope to God we never get in. Right. And I, I guess that's the thing too, is, is like, we don't, and this was his other point. This is the point that I kind of, I do see, I do see some validity to the point. We don't know what this new scheme or adjustment to the scheme may be, or the balance in the passing attack. We don't know what that is and how those two guys, we, we know that those two guys were able to do the previous scheme and the, pre, the previous setup. Mm-hmm. Can they make it translate when we're maybe asking to throw a little bit more or more in certain situations, right? I think of the two, and this is my question to you, do you think that's true? And of the two, who's better fit? Who's, who is the better fit? Or are we carrying three QBs? I don't think we're carrying three. I think it's two. I don't, I don't think they carry three QBs because there's going to be a couple positions where they're going to be, they're going to have good depth and they're not going to want to get rid You're of You're going to need that depth in other positions. Exactly. So who, right. who do you like who, of the two? For me, just on what I've seen, I like Tyler Huntley. Okay. Uh, I think there's a, there's a competitive competitiveness between the two of them, Lamar and, and Tyler growing mm-hmm. up together. Uh, there's also like that, that friendship bond there. And there's something about that with, you know, when, when you have a, a starting quarterback and a backup quarterback, not to say that Tyler, you know, that uh, Trace McSorley doesn't have that, but there's just, to me, there's more athletic ability on Tyler Huntley's okay. end. Um, again, small sample size. We haven't seen enough of it yet, but the no. little bit that I have seen, I like. So then, so then question, follow-up question. Can you, do you see? Uh, so apparently tra- we're not, nobody's seeing. Yeah, anything. the video image is gone. So it's all black on everything. I don't know how that would have happened. It just happened all of a sudden in the middle of the yeah. stream. Here, I you guess it's a camera issue. Well, while we're doing that, I guess I can give my opinion on this quarterback situation. Yes. I think that I think that the best thing that happened to the Ravens last year was RG3's knee injury because it let them look Hit deeper than they needed the to. I I don't he was he was the worst of there our backup is. quarterbacks. Hold on. Hold on, guys. 
Sorry, we're just trying to get this Looks like fixed we're back. for you guys. We're back live. Look Are how we back live? I don't know what the fuck happened there. <laughs> Apologize for that, guys. I don't Sorry, know what guys. happened there. All right, well, let's let's recap the question the question real quick then. Since they I, were hearing all of it. Yeah, they were hearing all of it. Okay, <laughs> then, then go ahead. Black screens. <laughs> then go ahead. I don't go know ahead. what happened there. <laughs> all right, go ahead with your take. All right, so anyway, I think that RG3 was the worst we had on on that scenario. Yes, the knowledge base was there. But after Haloti Nada made that hit and his knee disappeared, yeah. he was never the same. Right. That, the only good plays he was involved in in the last three years were the Heisman package, and it was just because there was too much shit going on to keep track of. Right. Whenever he had to actually run this system, it was no good. But yet, I was pretty impressed in the short amount of time we saw Trace McSorley, both in the preseason and when and he came on the field. Right. And then uh, the Tyler Huntley guy, the speed was unreal. You saw Lamar on the sideline, jump yeah. up and down. He very well could be the next quarterback that ends up playing out his contract here and then becoming a starter for somebody so, else. Okay, yeah. so follow-up question then, right? If you're if you're saying, okay, both of you say Tyler's the way to go, right? Mm -hmm. Is that if, you, if it comes down to you're only carrying two quarterbacks, based on what we've seen so far, and again, okay. this little bit of sample size and train when they get to tra training camp and they get to the preseason, right, will obviously dictate which one makes the roster. But based on what we wrote, no, right now, I'm going Tyler Huntley. Okay, so then if you're going Tyler Huntley... Are you going to be able to stash Tracy McSorley on the practice squad? Nope. You have a better shot with Trace than you do Ty uh, Tyler Huntley, in my opinion. But I think either way, when a team gets desperate, he'll be he'll be gone. He okay. might not be gone right away. This might be a, a week three, you know, injury situation where the starter gets injured. Now that somebody goes up, and now they need another backup. Trace gets plucked. I don't think it'll happen right away. Um, so, so, yeah, the Ravens are going to be rolling the dice no matter who so they put I on So, I guess there. that's the question, right, is because th th there was previously thoughts with Trace, right, when he first came up, the thought of them using him in a Taysom Hill type type setup, right? <laughs> yeah. it, we, we all that said we didn't joke. think it was going to work. He doesn't have that kind of athletic ability. No, he's no. the least athletic now, now Tyler, quarterback. <laughs> Tyler Huntley, maybe. Maybe. Nah, maybe. Not in a Taysom but, Hill kind of role. Taysom Hill is built like a fullback. Like and a, and a and a strong yes. running back, like he. But my, neither one of these guys are built that way. So my my whole point with that is, does carrying three QBs provide you? Are you more so willing to risk one of them going off the practice squad mm. to not have a three carry, carry three QBs, or do you carry three QBs and allow one of them to become a trade chip by using utilizing them through preseason? Let everybody see what what these guys can do, and at some point, somebody goes down. Somebody might come knocking. It may not be for a starter role, but it may be this somebody is, comes this knocking is for that. Garnett's point of your what ifs because it's a big. Yes, that's that is a, a big. That is a big what if. I, I don't think the Ravens are going to handicap themselves. We as see far a QB deal go down every single year. No, I know, but that could happen week four. It could you have week five? Whatever. You're going to handicap yourself somewhere else on potential like what if you know the potential of a trade I, I, for yeah. me i think the ravens but value, at least you get something out of it i think the ravens value like cornerback depth more uh fair enough obviously there's going to be a battle at wide receiver how many wide receivers do they carry uh you know they're going to have to have as many bodies out there for a pass rush as they as they can because right now they're just so short-handed pass rush and they're so inexperienced with youth, right? Yeah. So there's going to be some other positions, I think, that are going to take priority for those last couple of bubble spots. I, I don't, don't, think I don't disagree. My whole point in asking the question was th there's, there is value in both of your backup QBs, mm -hmm. right? And that's where I'm saying, like, I, I know it's a big what if. Yeah. But at the same time, 
why not get the value out of that guy if he goes somewhere else or someone yeah. else needs if him? If somebody comes knocking before you have to solidify your rosters, yeah, you're open. You're open that door. Yeah. But if you're going to cut down to 53 and you're going to try to carry three quarterbacks on the on the roster, I don't think that's a smart decision. I okay. Don't think the Ravens. Okay. Do it. Fair that's enough. that's just my opinion on it. Um, one of the other articles that was written this week, Jeff Zereback, he was talking about the Ravens' best offseason move. Yes, right? I did see this. And uh, we talked you know, about the offensive line moves, and his pick was Kevin Zeitler. Zeitler's, what, 31 years old right now, but he brings that, that veteran presence, that veteran leadership that I think will help with, you know, Obviously, Bradley Bozeman moving over to right. center. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of things as far as, as as moving pieces on this offensive line, a lot of changes on this offensive line. If, God forbid, Villanueva goes down, Villanueva, the right tackle yes. now, uh, and you have to have a younger guy in there, having a guy like Zeitler, that veteran presence to kind of lean on and help, uh, I think is a big is a big is a big addition. And Zeitler's still playing at a good level, at a high level. Yeah, I mean, he, you're not going to get. You're not going to get the level that he was at, obviously, when he was younger. And that was kind of his point with it. And I, I do think it makes a point. It, it is it is kind of a, a good move that helped to shore up that, that offensive line. I think of any move, if you're talking about just the offensive line, any move on paper, it's the drafting of Cleveland, yeah. the way that it's looking, right? Because he makes the biggest impact of anybody on there. But I think Zeitler helps Ben Cleveland in his development and growth. And it very well may be. I, I, think, you're, I think you're spot on having that, that veteran status there. We've never been able to replace Yonda. That's what right? I'm saying. And, and that's a big piece. To, you're, like you said, never going to be able to replace him. But having that veteran there outside of Ronnie Stanley, because that's really the only right. vet that they have. But you also have Villanueva there, who's, yeah, been, now, who's right. been in you know heavy competition, especially he knows those grinded out games with between the Steelers and the Ravens. Now he's on the other side of it, right? right? So I, I think there's there's a lot to be said about the offensive line. So what's your... So you're going Ben Cleveland as the best offensive or so, offseason move? So if I'm going best offseason move, I think I'm... I lean... I lean towards Sammy Watkins. And I say this because of the fact that he takes away an excuse... For Sammy Watkins over Rashad Bateman, yeah, I was, just I'm in the wide receiver court. Sorry, I'm going just for agency. If you want, oh, me to well, open you talked up about thing. Ben Cleveland, which is a draft pick. Okay, so then that's why I was curious. I'm changing the rules. Was, what if? Yeah, yeah, I'll change the rules. <laughs> uh, all right, so yes, I, I will. I'll stick with. I'll go with everything. Then yes, it's Rashad Bateman's the biggest pickup. Yeah, and biggest, I agree. He is the biggest pickup overall. The biggest free agency pickup is Sammy Watkins, right? Like it's one two if you're if you're talking That's about it. Right. Say so, I don't I don't agree with that. All I right, do, James, I, okay. get him involved. I do agree. I'll let you go ahead, James. I, I do agree that Rashad Bateman is the best overall offseason move, best free agency move in my opinion. Good I part. agree with Jeff's. I, I agree with Jeff Sarebeck, and I think that's uh, Kevin Zaitler. Zaitler. Go ahead, James. I think that's the guard that we got from uh, the Giants. Yes. Yeah, yep. that's, we need that. Yeah, exactly. Yep, Sammy, and it allowed us to I'm make other moves sure, in the offensive line. I'm pretty sure we'll get probably almost all games out of him compared to Sammy Watkins. We might get like two. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm hoping the over-unders at least like nine uh, or ten games, not two. <laughs> we got 17 this year. He can get healthy again by the end. I, I don't know about that. Like, Sammy Watkins gets paid just to do nothing. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. Listen, I, I'm actually kind of excited about this off about this offensive line as a whole. I know there's a lot of changes, there's a lot of moving pieces, but I think the additions, obviously the Ben Cleveland move is going to be huge. I think yeah. it's huge in itself, just in size. Uh, moving, you know, uh, Bradley Bozeman over Bradley center. Bradley Bozeman over center. <laughs> he seems happy about it, and I think that's just gonna it's gonna solve a lot of our problems from the last couple of years. Uh, and then Zeitler and, and Villanueva to anchor the right-hand side, I think is good. So apparently Nick says his Georgia kinfolk are friends with big country, says he's the real deal. And I don't doubt that one bit, man. He looks the role. Like I said, I'll if be- anybody if anybody can win an award just on looks alone for being ready, it's this dude. He's going to be called the big hoss. I'm going to be a little sad if he's not on the starting line, but he'll be there eventually. So yeah, I he'll get hold there. My, hold my time. I, I, think, I, I do. I think he's he'll win that position good battle shot. out. Yeah. I do. I think he'll win that position battle out. All right, so well, we talked about best. What's your what's your worst off season move? <laughs> Period. My worst off season move. Ravens worst off se- off season move. Oh God, don't do it. Uh, it better not be that first round pick. <laughs> Let's hold hope. No, I'm not going there. <laughs> uh, man, if I had to pick the worst, what's yours? Give me yours. Mine was getting rid of Orlando. <laughs> okay. He was going to play for us. See, yeah, he wasn't coming back, so I don't really consider that a move per se, and I like the fact that we got the draft pick that we got for him uh, and the compensation that we got for him. That was inevitable, so I don't consider you that. You did, like but a- you put you put greater question marks on that line. I understand you brought in Villanueva, but Villanueva is up in age. Can what, I tell 30, you my worst? 35? Yeah, go good. My worst would be trying to sign uh, Shushu. Juju. Yes. Juju. The amount okay. of money Juju. we offer. So, yes. That's my worst. I think that, that situation, guy. that's kind of where I was going. I, <laughs> I think that situation, that desperation situation of trying to sign T.Y. Hilton, trying to sign JJ or uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, and then ending up with Sammy Watkins. I have the, the most hope for Sammy Watkins. I hope that he fits well into this offense. I hope he does big things. I hope he stays healthy. And he earns himself a big payday elsewhere. Uh, but – it's a big roll of the dice because he hasn't been able to prove that. He's only done it once in his career where he's played 16 games. Okay. At, at work, they would call it a near-miss event. We almost <laughs> had the worst move. Right. <laughs> well, who's not going to be missing soon and who's not going to be hurting for money soon? Lamar Jackson, right? We've all been yeah. kind of anticipating this contract extension that they've been talking about. You've heard Harbaugh talk about it. You've heard DaCosta talk about it. You've even heard Lamar talk about it. Hasn't happened yet. Uh, Everybody has kind of said it's inevitable. It's been positive. It's just a matter of when, not if. Uh, what's your take on the uh, the contract situation? Uh, well, we heard from Mike Florio this week uh, from pro, pro Football Talk. He said that in the negotiations they're saying are going smoothly. Yep. He, he talked with Harbaugh, and he said, Coach Harbaugh said the deal will get done, and it surely will. While the jury may be out on the first-round quarterbacks from the class of 2018, more on that in a separate item is what he was saying in his article. The Ravens have decided that they want Lamar to play the position for years to come. Once the decision gets made, everything else is just details. Yeah. And it sounds like we're getting closer to that. Like it is literally just them working out the details at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, it's obviously details, meaning it could be the big details or little details, right? right? You know, what, how much are you getting every year? What type of contract are we looking at? That type of thing. And he, he has said on many occasions, he wants to be here. Right. Right. He wants to live up to what he said when he was drafted and get this team a Super Bowl. And he wants to be, he said it, he wants to be the Tom Brady of Baltimore, which I I feel like he should have said, I want to be the Ray Lewis of Baltimore, meaning like you're the the staple. Right. (laughs) Um, But I get what he was saying. He was comparing to another quarterback and it it made sense. Well, the other part of this 
contract negotiation that's kind of been out there that people haven't really understood what's going on is does is Lamar being represented by his mother is Lamar representing himself does he have an agent well we've gotten a little bit more clarity over the last few days that he doesn't have necessarily the prototypical NFL players agent but he does have advisors working on this deal for him his mother is not as involved obviously his mother's going to be in his ear it's his mother right but his mother is not as involved as some people might have thought she's not the one doing the contract she's not pulling the strings yeah no he does have a team of advisors they have been unnamed uh, so there are other people working this deal outside of just Lamar doing it by yeah, himself. And I think obviously he, he'd rather pay a few people uh, a little bit of money than have an agent take a large chunk out of it as well. Yeah. But I think he also, I think Lamar, from what we've heard, and especially with the with the draft, I think what we look at and we don't understand with him is he seems to have a circle. Yeah. Right, we see him with the same people, Kodak Black. You know, we see him with his that teammates. That was a bad example. Well, I, well did you? So I, I get that, but did you see what Kodak Black did this past week? Yeah, Throwing made, money in the ocean. Yeah, he made up. No, for, he gave he, away air conditioners. Yeah, oh, he, air went conditioners. The, yeah. he went down to the. He went down to a housing project. So he he had, him, him and Lamar were giving away air conditioners right after he threw a hundred yes. grand into the ocean. That's just that's PR number one. So we got bad PR, so we had to go out and give away air conditioners. Uh, <laughs> either way, either way, but he's got he's got a circle, right? That, of people that he trusts. Yeah. And I think that's what he looks he's looking at. He see maybe maybe one of these people that's on this advisory board winds up giving him some really great advice and he says, "You know it what? Down the, road, <laughs> down the road, <laughs> I want you to be my agent." But right. I think right now he's just saying like, "Okay, let me listen to all of you and, you know, not hear your pitches, but what's your take on the situation? What's your take?" Yeah. And he he's going to go with who he feels like. And if it pans out, then he kind of goes back to that person and says, "You know what? Out of everybody that told me things, I I listened to you because I thought it was the best advice. And look, it wound up paying off for me in the in the short term and the long term. So maybe you know, why don't you want to become? I, we don't know the conversations Honestly, that are being had. We don't know any of that. But it's just interesting because you don't hear this in the NFL or really in pro sports at all, yeah. where it's in it. It's in it almost like it sounds like it's an advisory board, yeah. right? That, that comes through and helps him out rather than an agent. Yeah. I mean, Lamar probably thought that he could do this on his own, bit off more than he could chew, realized it was a lot tougher than it was. He hired some advisors that maybe aren't going to cost him quite as much as an NFL players association. Yeah. Cause we've talked about this. I mean, Lamar's about his money, whether you know, you like that or not, Lamar worries about his bottom dollar first. It's why he's done the whole merch thing his, his way. It's why he does the agent thing his way. He's not paying people to do these things for him. He does it himself. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know no. what I mean? There's, mm-hmm. uh, there's been other people that have started brands. One is very good is Jordan. Uh, but you know, whatever it's, it, there's, there's ways to, to be able to do this and it'll get done. Right. It's just a matter of whether this happens prior to the season starting or does it happen at the end of the season? Yeah. It, I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of what's going to happen, like what may come out of this is the res- if, if it doesn't happen before the beginning of the season, then it's going to be part of, you know, okay, where, where does this season my, end? Right? My thing with this, my, my only hope with this contract situation is obviously, yes, number one, I want it to get done. But number two is I want it to happen before Josh Allen gets paid. Because I believe that Josh Allen will get north of $40 million just based off of the, the market right now for quarterbacks, the, the numbers that he put up last year, the growth that he showed from yeah. one year to the next, right? And we've seen it. Every, every time a quarterback gets paid, the next one to get paid gets paid more, right? So if the Ravens yeah. are smart and they're trying to save themselves a few dollars here and there over the course of this contract, 
they should get this done before Josh Allen signs. Well, you have Al- Allen that hasn't signed. You have Baker Mayfield that hasn't signed yet. I'm right? not worried about Baker Mayfield. I'm not worried about Baker, but Baker, whatever money Baker gets, it could potentially drive up the price of Lamar, right? Maybe. It's, if you're thinking, like, and I'm just throwing, throwing spitball, right? If I say that Lamar is 60% greater, and I'm just throwing numbers out here, right? 60% better than Baker. Well, if Baker gets this number, then... It do, does Lamar get 60% more, right? right. Th- that's kind of like my thought process, and there's no way of, of doing that type of stuff, but so it, it's there. Adit brings up a point that we've talked a little bit about on the air that uh, somebody else had brought us up to us at one point. He says, chances Lamar signs an so. extension <laughs> that pays him a fixed percentage of the cap, example, 20% annually Look. for four to five years, so it fluctuates. I would love to see contracts be written that way. We haven't seen it yet. Um, or at least none that I'm aware of, but I think that that's a smarter, in my opinion, a smarter way to go about the business because one, it protects the player because they, yeah. they, their, their contract can grow. Well, but two, you budget yourself knowing every year that your quarterback's going to count 20% of your cap. Number. Well, and the other thing is, is something like that too, right? Think about that. If you want to, if you want to get an extension out, right? If you throw an extension out and you say, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this extension. We're going to go long-term and you pay a guy past, you know, past when he's actually playing or you're deferring money. Mm-hmm. You can defer, you can work on that and say, okay, we're going to defer a certain percentage. So it's a certain percentage of the cap at that point. So it actually winds up benefiting Lamar. And for them, it could benefit them in the long run as well. You know, if the cap winds up falling right. again, because then they have to pay that guy less if the cap winds up going down I, again. I personally, I really like the idea. I like the structure of it. I just, there's a reason it hasn't happened yet. Uh, there might be some lingo written into some rule somewhere with contracting that doesn't allow them to do it that way, but I don't know that L- for sure. Lamar, hasn't done, Lamar hasn't done anything normal so far. No, no, that's true. But I here, mean, speaking of Lamar, right, and, and this is one of the things I got on Twitter today. Um, you just to get off Twitter. <laughs> I know, and, and I, I think I am for a few weeks here. I'm going to take a break from social take media. A hiatus. Take a hiatus. But uh one of the things that I've, it, it's been the narrative with Lamar and with this team really since Lamar took over in 2018, right? Remember, he has only been in the league now for two and a half years. Feels like he's been in there for longer than that, but he's only played two and a half, at a high level, yeah. two and a half full seasons, right? The expectations with fans around Lamar and this team in general seems to me, based on what I see, to be measured in Super Bowls. Like it's it's every year it's Super Bowl or disappointment, and I don't know how any fan base can expect that kind of expectation other than maybe the Patriots because they did it for ten straight years or however long they did it. Right? I just think that people need to temper the expectations. Is the goal every year to be in a Super Bowl? One hundred percent. There's no other reason to play the game. The goal is to be in the Super Bowl, but it the expectation from fans in my opinion should not be super bowl or bust every year so i i agree and i disagree right the the goal should should be not to be in the super bowl yet the goal every year should be to win the super bowl yeah that's that's what i'm saying right right right? and so that's what fans see and fans also are looking at it and they see the talent on the team right they see they see the the past performance we are spoiled but on the flip side of that one of the things that i think part of part of what comes with that this territory is the fact that when you have a team that's this competitive when you need to make adjustments when you're going to pay somebody you look you forget to look around the league meaning 
Ravens fans are horrible. Absolutely horrible Ravens flock for looking around the league to see what else is there. Because let's look around the league right now. Okay. Super Bowl champs. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Didn't change their, their squad much. Right. Could make another run. Bills making some moves, making some splashes last year. Coming up the rankings, looking good, looking better. But they didn't get to a Super Bowl. I, I, I understand that. I'm just setting the expectation. Yeah. They didn't get to a Super Bowl. Chiefs mm-hmm. did get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Lost it. Fixed what the, prop, what the, quote, problems were. Or at least they hope they did. Right? Because mm-hmm. they, what did they do? They addressed protecting right. Patrick Mahomes. So those two teams right there are already top contenders. Mm-hmm. Tennessee past few years have gotten to the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. You get to all these things and it's every given, any given Sunday, right? We can lose. We could, we could absolutely shit the bet against the jet. If we play the Jaguars, Jaguars make, you know, make everybody look, you know, great. And they're losing and we go up against one year and all of a sudden we look like shit. Okay. Remember London? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My whole point is look around the league as a fan I understand that there's a lot to be excited about on paper. And I think this is kind of what you're saying. But we got to chill a little bit and actually look at the full freaking picture. My my issue is, again, the expectation bar being so high year in and year out. Take, take a trip. I just told you, Lamar Jackson's been a starting quarterback for two and a half years. Let's go back two and a half years ago, right before Lamar took over. This organization and this team was below 500, not making a playoff run at all. Right. Lamar Jackson came in and single-handedly changed everything in an offense that wasn't built for him. Not yet. It wasn't built for him. The play calling, all of that wasn't built for him. And he single-handedly willed this team to a playoff. That didn't go long. He was in the playoffs one round and he lost, right? But they got to the playoffs. They were not sniffing the playoffs that year. What's he doing his first full season? An MVP season, right? Agreed. Gets to the playoffs in the first round, they're out. But 14-2 and two regular season, right? So the narrative last year was he's got to win a playoff game. And da, da, da. What does he do this past year? He progresses. He gets to the playoffs. He wins his first playoff game. But even that doesn't satisfy fans. It's... I don't know if it's a Lamar. This isn't the Lamar Jacksons, though. This is the Ravens. But my thing is, I don't know if this is a Lamar thing or if this is a Ravens thing with with fan expectations. Because to me, it seems directed at Lamar. Personally, what I see on Facebook and what I see on Twitter, it seems more directed at Lamar. Put that that Garnett comment back up here for a second. Our fan base. Yeah. So the, the, the piece that he said was actually spot on just a second ago. He said the biggest issue is that our fan bases always say it's he is better than Patrick Mahomes and the opposite fan base will always bring up Super Bowls. I, I agree with part that. Of the, that is part of the problem. When you look at a guy like a Pat Mahomes who comes in, there's, there's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of differences that people aren't looking at. What you're what they're looking at is they see this great quarterback that led his team at a young age to a Super Bowl. They want the same thing out of Lamar. But what they're not taking a step back and looking at is Patrick Mahomes had everything in front of him to be successful. He had a successful coach running a successful a successful scheme. He had the fastest player in the NFL. 
He had a, a they had their running backs the first year, the one year they won the Super Bowl. They had a solid running back core. They were able to run the ball. Right. Last year, not so much. Right. There's a lot of different things. There's pieces that are coming into play year over year over year that make you better. And that's my point. My point in this entire thing was enjoy the progression of things. Every year, this team has improved. They went from not being in the playoff contention to making the playoffs in his first half a season to an MVP in a playoff performance in his second season to a first-round win and then a second-round loss in his third season, his second-and-a-half season. And to kind of back that this is a fan thing, right? It's for progression. Any, for anybody that wants to say, oh, it's not a fan thing, anybody remember uh, Joe Flacco? Even yeah. when he even when he was doing well, it was never good enough. One of the only quarterbacks to, to beat Tom Brady in Foxborough multiple times. Yeah. In the playoffs. Come on. Like yeah. it's it is a fan base thing. We do this every time we get a big name player or a big a big person. It has to be a certain way. It has to be that boom or bust. And it's not. I understand also, because a lot of a lot of people I was getting in the, the, the debates with back and forth, I understand the statistics of what Lamar's numbers look like in a regular season versus what Lamar's look numbers look like in the playoffs. And it's a large disparity. It's a team. I, and that's part of my point is that it's a team thing. But when you get to the playoffs, you're also playing the best of the best, right? When you're playing the regular season, yeah, you play the best of the best a couple times throughout the year, but you've got a lot of cupcakes in between there, or games that yeah. are a lot easier than when but you get you, to the playoffs. But you also have those situations, you know, like Mark Andrews, great all year, struggled in the playoff game. Right. Right. There are there are other factors other than Lamar. Lamar can hit him in his hands, but if he doesn't catch it, that's not on Lamar. Yeah. Chill the hell out. There I are just, so many factors. It, you could you could look at play calling. You could look at scheming. You could look at uh, preparation. You could look at uh, the the package that's put in. There are so many different things that you can look at and point at. That's why we lost the game. The answer is not. Lamar lost us that game. Never has been. Never, in all reality, for the for the most part, never was Joe Flacco either. Mm. But no. some, there were sometimes. But yeah, I get you. I understand what your point is. When you when you have a new coordinator every year, what I are you going to do? I, I, I get that. Good, Ryan. Well, I think that yes, our fan base is a little unreasonable compared to most fan bases. Very unreasonable. But you also have to look, especially when you're talking Twitter and social media. Lamar's a whole different animal. His following both positive and negative, is way bigger than football. There is a huge racial following behind Lamar where you're going to have people that are just trying to poke holes in him, being never going to be able to quarterback, never going to be my, my you know, statuesque stand behind the corner yeah. quarterback Pocket that passer. are going to attack him no matter what. And then on the other side, on his super fanboy, I never watched football in my whole life until Lamar became a quarterback, and now all my feelings, he's representing me, and I want him to be the greatest quarterback in the world. They support him all year, but when he fails, all that crazy positivity becomes crazy negativity. So right. you're, when you're talking, those like, you can't let that get to you because that's Lamar's knows the realities of this, and it just is what it is. There are, are people polarized in both directions that even the ones supporting him will attack him when it fails. No, and I agree with that. It's just disappointing. Like I said, it, when you yeah. when you look at the, just the, the raw numbers of things, right, there are still 12 organizations. There are 32 teams in the NFL, right? Yeah. 
There are still 12 Last organizations that have never even won one Super Bowl ever in their history. Detroit. 12, right? Yeah. And yet the expectation with this team is to constantly, it's Super Bowl or bust. And that's well, not, it's just for me, that's, that's, yes, is it disappointing because I'm a fan at the end of the year when they don't get to the Super Bowl and they don't win? Yes, of course. You want them to win every year, but that's unrealistic and that shouldn't be the expectation. I, I got a question for you on QBs here in a second, but I want to get James' take. James, what is your take on this whole situation? Is it a fan base issue or is it a, is it a team or Lamar issue? <sighs> it's, it's about both. You know, like, like Fred said, people are just spoiled because we have never really had a losing season. We have never had a high draft pick. We always are like in the middle or towards the bottom, which I'm fine with. Like, it makes me appreciate what we have, and I don't complain. I love our Ravens. I love what they do. I, I trust everything that goes behind. Except for John Harbaugh. Except John Harbaugh. <laughs> I, I could get him started. <laughs> We're going to leave that alone. But, like, other teams would love to have what we have. And we discuss this all the time. Like, some teams would love to have, like, Detroit. They would just love to win, like, seven games. Right. And I bet James does not post on Twitter very much. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no. here, here's my no. thing. Going back to the racial part of this, uh, Ryan, and this, yeah. is, this is a question I have, right? So Aaron Rodgers is often talked about as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's often talked about as if almost on like a God level. Last year's MVP. Last year's MVP, right? He's, he's won, playing a match right now. He's won one Super Bowl. One. He's 37 years old. Okay? Lamar is 24, and he's been on the doorstep in these playoffs all three years. He's in the playoffs all three years. He's got 13 years behind Aaron Rodgers right now. My question is, and this is where the racial part of it comes in, if Lamar gets over the hump and wins a Super Bowl in the next 13 years, which I believe he will, and hopefully it's next year, <laughs> is he talked about like Aaron Rodgers? Or is it, nah, he's got to win multiple. Does this just continue to go down that rabbit hole? No, I, I think it's... And I football think, one is good. Yeah, I think you when you look at it, it's... I get what you're saying. But I think if you I think I think if he wins one, he's starting to be in that conversation. You're hearing that conversation with Pat Mahomes, right? And is there partially a racial thing behind Pat Mahomes? Yeah, a little bit. But I think it's also the fan base. I really think it's the fan base. The fan base But it's it's not even just the fan base because there's a lot of media pundits nationally that harp on Lamar and harp on his style of offense and it, and its ability to be successful long-term. So, but and that's another factor that you want to talk. If you're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers, you're going to talk about the fact that it's a different style game, right? It's He's playing a different style. He, the end of the day, though, the success is measured off of Super Bowls is what everybody says. He's got one. Name a, name a, name a mobile quarterback like Lamar. That has won a Super Bowl. Russell Wilson. Yeah, but there's my point is there's Russell Wilson wasn't mobile in that year. So he he, 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 he was more of a he was more of a though. no he was he more mobile. he was Steve Young. So also so I had to do okay. some some investigation here just to double check myself. So Aaron Rodgers on Instagram has 1.6 million followers. He's a very famous person. We've heard his name on the news way more than Lamar. Who is this? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I get you. Way more than Lamar all off season because of his holdout. He's the link to Jeopardy and all these things. He's playing golf right now. Right now on the match. He's very popular even outside of football. Lamar Jackson has 2.8 million. 1.2 million more followers without hearing his name anywhere other than football. The man is an icon without his choosing. 
Like, th- he was birthed into this iconship because they th- wanted to say he can't play quarterback. And everyone that identified with him, everyone that felt like somebody told me I couldn't do something that I knew I could do, everyone that looks like him, everyone that talks like him, he's their god. He's Scott's Tebow. For, <laughs> for a 1.2 million people. Right. Like, those numbers don't – It's 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 – that's what it is. That's why it's so much bigger. He is bigger than football, and that's why you're going to get the crazies. Yeah. Dude, I know crazy. I work with it all the time. There's a lot of crazies out here. And right. when, when you drape yourself in Lamar, you can walk through Baltimore City streets and see people any day of the week decked out in Lamar shirts and Lamar tie, head tans and Lamar this, and we have the greatest quarterback on the planet because that's all they're holding on to. That's the hope they got. And so that. when when he even loses an AFC championship, he didn't make my February happy, and they fall apart. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it's but, just the what he, but he was given. I, hold on, I'm going to ask you directly again because you didn't answer my question. I, I all I your points, all your points are valid. Aaron Rodgers has won one Super Bowl, and he's talked about as a god as far as a quarterback he's, goes. He's considered a goat. On Regardless the, on the, of all the off, all the other things that he does, okay. just talking about football. I remember the question. Now. He's considered a god. <laughs> If Lamar wins a Super Bowl in the next eight years, right? He's still he's still quite a bit behind. He's thirteen yeah. years behind Aaron Rodgers. If he wins one in the next eight years, is he then talked about on that Aaron Rodgers kind of level? By actual logical football fans, yes. The problem is okay. that one point two million still exist. And therefore, the racist motherfuckers are still going to fa- say somebody else won that Super Bowl. And this is why we want Super Bowl. And somebody got That's injured on the point. other team and this and the other. And then the, Always and excuses. The, and the people that love him are still going to fall apart when he doesn't win the next one. He has a following that isn't a football following. And those people are never going to be satisfied unless he wins every Super well, Bowl till he retires. Well, when uh, he was up for the MVP candidate, like he had the number one selling jersey that year. Right. People love I, him. I think he had the number one selling jersey as soon as he got drafted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I, I'm hoping we put a nar- an end to this narrative really quickly and the, and the Ravens win the Super Bowl it's, this year. It's not going to anything. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'd love like, to see what the narrative will be next the year. Comparison, if they the comparison is the guy that just announced that he was gay for the Raiders. Right. That, that, like, that man now I di- represents way more than Raiders fans. That's he was a nobody player. He that probably was has the ten million followers now. Yeah, it was the best jersey sale yeah. of the of the month, and he yep. probably has a ridiculous number of followers because every every gay person across America was like now his proud of him and supportive of him, and they're yeah. allies with him. So he's bigger than football. Lamar was gifted that just because some pundit said he shouldn't be a quarterback and he needs to play wide receiver. That's a good sign off there, right? <laughs> uh. All right, Ryan, it's time for a social media shout out. Who's been out in the chat room and who's saying what? Uh, I got Steph Summers, Buffalo Chuck, Steph Hemling, uh, Sharing Sherry, Drew. Nick Short, Garnett, Joe C. Uh, I mean, on the comments, we've got a lot of people arguing back and forth because we've had a lot of topical things going on. Uh, some people saying that we're more logical than the Steelers, which I don't know if that's true. Uh, even And they have a much more historic number of things. They, we, they've had a, a big head start on us for that. Right. Um, I, I don't have any really specific comments here. I think we've posted. Travis says what's ones. up. He just joined, too. Uh, right, appreciate it, Travis. Travis. All right. 
All right, Scott, it's time for some bros, bows, and O's. All right. As we get closer here to the All-Star break. Yeah. A few I mean, days away. Next week, next yeah. Tuesday, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, 7.30. Right. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> we might need to look at changing next week. We we'll might see. have to delay next week. We'll see. Uh, but no, uh, so the Orioles... As of today, 27 and 57, uh, nothing changed much. 21 games behind the Solid AL. Solid grip on last place. 21 games behind in, in the AL, second to last against Arizona. <laughs> it is the race for, for last place. Yeah. Uh, as they, uh, I think Arizona has 23 wins. Uh, so we're, there's, they still got us by four for that top pick. Uh, but this year's draft is also going to be coming up. Um, you know, it, it's exciting because you get, you get the draft now mixed with the All Star game. Right. Right. So you, we're going to see really a lot happen. Happen next week between the home run derby, um, some of the draft picks. There's a lot of different pundits out there that are saying the Ravens, or not the Ravens, the uh, the Orioles could wind up taking another catcher in this draft, I which is that. a lot of people are questioning. Um, you know, why would you do that when you have Adley out there? It it's because you never know what's going to happen. You need to have depth in your system, right? And having depth with a guy like that, if Adley were to go down, have struggles, whatever it may be. You've got a you've got a, a backup plan long term as well that you can do as well as a trade chip down the road if you're well, one piece away. There's that, but it's what I've also talked about in previous weeks is that Adley's bat is so good and traditionally catchers break down earlier. They might want to extend his career at another position, a la first base, DH. which he's played a little bit, DH being an American League team, maybe a corner outfield spot. Adley Rushman's a super athletic guy. He's got a strong arm. There's a lot of positions that he can yeah. play. So I think if the bat translates to major league level like we expect it to be, then drafting another another catcher to have to replace him when he does transition to another position is a smart move for the Orioles. If he is the best player on the board yeah. as a catcher, I have no problem with them. There, there's arguments of catcher. There's arguments of uh, some of the middle infielders that are in the draft. Um, there, there are some some statements of people saying, um, you know, you ought to be taking a, a good look at these two Vanderbilt picture, pitchers. Um, you know, if if they decide that they're gonna, you know, go go our route, um, you might be able to get one of them cheap because I believe one's a senior, and the other one's a junior. I believe, if I remember correctly. Great, go ahead, Ryan. I have a, a question for two catchers. Huh. <laughs> Between two catchers here. Um, <laughs> so so is there any precedence and or could you see it possible where if we did get another catcher that could be the everyday catcher, mm -hmm. that Adley could be that backup catcher, the one for the, the day game behind the night game? There could be some rotation like that. Yeah. I just didn't know if it was too much of a specialty where you would need the, to practice so much of it you couldn't do that. I think obviously that Adley, if they were going to move him out of catcher, like, primarily he would probably go to first base and then maybe rotate in as a catcher like you're saying to give the guy a break I still know if yeah, needed so much practice that doesn't typically happen but though. see that's also what you're what he's referencing is something like that would happen later in his career yeah. I'm not yeah. pulling Adley Rutschman in his first 2 years to be a D, to be a full-time DH or to be unless something happens but I'll be the I'm first not doing that well the other the other thing with this catcher that they're talking about I'm, I believe he's a high school prospect so he's still got years to develop Correct. Yeah. behind Adley. So you'll have a much bigger sample size of what Adley looks like. One is a defensive catcher, two is a hitter at the major league level by the time that that kid is ready to actually right. have an impact. I, I guess my thing too is, is we, we've talked about this. Even if a guy's defense starts to fall off a little bit, if he can call a game well, mm -hmm. 
there's there's a lot of value in that, yeah. right? Look at Matt Wieters. Matt Wieters, towards his last you know year or two in Baltimore, had a struggle where he was he had a few pass balls, yeah. right? Because he his body was getting up there and had taken a lot of, of beatings, and so therefore he wind up having some pass balls. Why did they not pull him out? Why is he still catching? Because the man knows what pitch to call and doesn't have Staff to look in. With him. Yeah, he doesn't have to look into the dugout to go. All right, what pitch are we going here, guys? He studied film, right? It's that right. guys like Maurer, Pudge Rodriguez, Yadier Molina, Adley Rutschman has the potential, right? He's been talked up so much, but he's got a lot of potential to be a guy like that, to be a guy that's great with the bat. It's an excellent, above-average right. defensive catcher and a guy that can call a game. It's a different thing to call a game, and that's... It's, I, I don't disagree with anything that you said, but my point is that most catchers, their bodies break down early. There's very few exceptions. Pudge Rodriguez, yeah. Mike Piazza, Yachty. that played Yachty, that played long careers as catchers and stayed at the, at the catcher position. Maurer was another one that they ended up moving out because of his bat. I think I personally think long term that that's probably the path that Adley will go, even if he's a great catcher at the major league and level. We already see been it. saying that forever. Yeah. I'll be the first one to confirm. Like he even said this when we were at the game the other day when we were at Bowie. Like yeah. he's always said eventually this will be a first baseman DH. So. Yeah, right. And, but and, but so, it's I mean it, and, ideally it's years down the road because it, when you Adley look at his, now at this point twenty three probably because he was a college. Yeah, player. He was in college, so I think he's twenty three. Twenty three, yeah. maybe twenty four. High school kid right now, 17, 18. So there's a six-year gap between them. So from the time Adley makes it to the majors to the time this kid's ready, he's going to be six years into his professional career if all things go the way that they should go. So at that point, I think it'd be a smart move for the for the Orioles to potentially move Adley out of the everyday starting catcher and going into a role like like Ryan's even presenting, yeah, okay. maybe a rotational okay. Sunday. Okay. I was making catcher. sure we're like, we're not Joseph. talking about in his first like two, three years doing no, this shit. Like, no, no not going to happen. Like, he needs to get out of his rookie right. contract before that's even, more before that's even a thought on the table as far as I'm concerned with what he brings to this game each and every week. So I, I just don't, I don't think that's there. Um, I did want to talk about this as a point of note for the Orioles mm -hmm. because I, I looked this up and it caught my eye on MLB.com when I was kind of looking at stats. And a little over a little over a month ago, do you remember what we talked about with run differential and where we stood? <laughs> really, yeah. really bad. Yeah, really bad. Minus 60. Mm -hmm. We're at minus 114 now. <laughs> Wow. That's awesome. Hey Ryan, <laughs> that's, that, not, that's good. not good. That's not good. No, no, no. That's like my golf score. Yeah. Well, let's just put it in perspective. I think the Red Sox are plus like sixty something. Six plus sixty three, which uh -huh. is about where they were. They that's, haven't changed much. I don't math real good, but that's like a difference of hundred and seventy runs. Yeah. That's more than my golf score. <laughs> almost going one hundred and eighty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's 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 bad. Yeah. That was almost double Ryan's golf score. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No. It, it's it's absolutely horrible, and I think it just shows you. It's really what what I started to look at and I started to question, is it inconsistencies on on both sides? And I started to find it yes and no, right? The pitching is just it, it, it's just gone downhill mm -hmm. on almost all fronts, right? Bullpen, starting pitching, like I don't even know that we have starting pitching anymore at this point. Jorge Lopez can't get past the fifth inning again all of a sudden. Right. Um I, I just there's a there's a lot to be said. But then the the run side of things is what hurts too because there's been times where we're oh, scoring yeah. one two runs and 
Then the next night, we're going over putting up six, seven, eight runs. And it's like, it, where the hell was this last night? Our hitting is so dependent on our top four hitters. That's yeah. the problem. It, it's not that they don't have talent at the major league level. They do, but it stops after number four. Yeah. The, the rotation of players that they did, have, did five Mullen, through nine, did is Mullins off. Made, did Mullins Mancini or Mountcastle hit a home run? Okay. Then They're we, going to lose. We scored, no, we scored We scored four or more runs. If uh, they didn't if they hit, hit a home run, run yeah. we, got, we, we scored less than four runs. And, and that's point. my point. It, it's So, yeah, it's it's on both sides. It's the pitching and it's it's the hitting, uh, whereas in the past, our, our bats have always – kept us around yeah you know even last year you know through the COVID season where we were talking about potentially making a playoff run it wasn't because our pitching was outstanding it was because our bats kept us <laughs> I in just it about choked on my beer when you said that <laughs> uh i'm glad you clarified it wasn't because yeah no it wasn't um but i didn't want to talk because one guy that we mentioned right mm -hmm. seti yeah your son <laughs> my boy he got officially named an all-star and then he's a 450 50 foot home run and you wanted to let him go I, I, i'm just saying scott you wouldn't let the way go. he the way he played. I, I said he <laughs> needed to go back Just down. Say. I did not say he needed to be gone from the team. <laughs> Let's Damn, clarify. Shit on his son. <laughs> Let's clarify that. All right. Uh, but no uh, thoughts on him being a reserve instead of a starter here. I mean, it, it's. It's a popularity contest. We've already talked about that. He but won. the starters not the starters chosen by the manager. Yeah, but didn't he win the player vote? Didn't he get the most votes by the players for an outfielder? Who? This is my point. He got a starter snub. Mullins. I'm pretty sure he did. I don't think so. No, I think he did by the players. By the players. By the, play the players. The, fans. the players looked at everybody and said he, he deserves to be here. Right. So uh, my point is I really don't care about the starting thing. Should he be a starter? 100%. It should be the best players, not by popularity, that are out there, the top starting nine. And he is 100% in the top starting nine, right. one of the top three outfielders And I think, I think this year. Drew sent us the, the piece yesterday on the fact that with when it comes to to him like some people were questioning like going back and forth and you hate you hate some of the people on Twitter and why you're taking a hiatus from Twitter yeah. but it's it, you know people were chiming in going oh well you know his numbers aren't good here because this guy's leading RBIs okay great Cedric Mullins is leading all outfielders in MLB in like five categories yeah are you kidding me yeah that should be this is what I was saying before he's got over 100 hits at this point this is what well, he's he's leading the league in Op like his OPS is higher than the other guy's average. One of the starters average. Right. Uh, the other, and I think the av his average is higher than the guy's average too. Like it, it, there's so many different things here. I feel like if you're leading in more than two categories in all of MLB or even in your league, right? You should automatically be considered for a for a starter if there's three guys that each have two and everybody else and there's you know two other guys that lead in one category guess who your three starters are yeah the three guys leading I, in two categories a piece. Go ahead, James. besides ryan because he's not gonna can you guys name five outstanding outfielders that are actually not on the ir or the IL. No, that's my point, is yeah. that he is 100% no matter I, I, how you draw I, it up. I think the talent is so bad out in the outfield. It's like it's because hurting. of injuries right now, right? I mean, there's a lot, don't get me wrong, there are a lot of very talented outfielders that have put up good stats this year. Yeah, but not but, like in the past where you're like, not like in the past. All, right. Each you're Hunter and, and right. 
Kenny Loftins and stuff like that. It's just it's bad right now. Yeah, I agree with that. And Cedric Mullins is man, he's he's the cream of the crop in my opinion. He it's is. not me being a no, homer. I, at, just look at the stats. Look at what he's done consistently yeah. through yeah, the that entire was, that front was my half. That was my question. Are, are those fans that are getting upset? Are 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 we I'm looking not, at this? If anybody's getting upset, they, they're not they're not worried. No, I, I think right. I think if for me, I'm upset because the All Star game is exposed is exactly supposed to be that. It's the All Stars of the game. It's your top players of the game. And if you're going to say MLB wants. But here's the, the deal. Here's the deal. In previous years, we've seen it happen that guys who make the roster as, as fielders don't ever see the freaking field I, during an all-star no, game. No, I understand. But if MLB wants to change how baseball is, they will stop letting the fans vote in and let them put these young stars in there so the have, fans can see have them. Like your, have like, if you want to do it that way, have two Two guys that aren't voted on by players and managers and owners, owners, and if you want to say GMs, everybody in organizations. Let the organizations vote on it. The fans are only allowed the, the the vote one for four each, players, like the one DL or two for each league. And, exactly. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but the World Series quote-unquote home team is still decided by the winner of the All-Star I think they nixed that. No, they I think they nixed that. Did they change that? Okay. It's the best yeah. record. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, it, it's, it's one like of cash things. cow though. Like, no, they the, want names. MLB wants cash names, cow? and they're ruining it. They're ruining the, these young talents that are coming out, like the Cedric Mullins, so he can get voted in, not by. Oh, he he's having a great year. You need these guys that are like diamonds in the rough to be there because they deserve it. The MLB should step in and say, "Hey, we love the fans, but the fans are only voting four for each." You let the writers right. vote on Hall of Fame. Why not let, let the writers let vote? MLB this is exactly why. Because of the cash cow. So how, Fred, you're in sales. How is internet sales determined? How are internet sales determined? Yeah, like number. it's number of clicks, right? Number yeah. of entries into that website. How do we let these people vote? You get to vote as many times as you want. You're five, five times a day. But five times a day for each player. And then, and then we reset it and have you all vote again. Right. Uh, it's, it, there's... All ninety nine percent of the MLB.com's web traffic is in this one month, <laughs> right? And so, then they're able to show their stats. We had eighty million clicks. So everyone what? looks at MLB.com. Please advertise your company. We need to make no it. one looks at it any time of year other than your stupid voting that you falsely made. We need to make twice. him. Who votes twice? We need to make him a hashtag MLB clickbait shirt. It's straight <laughs> clickbait. This, it's just one more reason I fucking hate MLB. Oh jeez, yeah. here we go. <laughs> Well, one thing that's a cash cow when it comes to the All-Star Week is the Home Run Derby. Yep. We've talked about this. It's the best part the of the home All-Star run derby, Weekend. The Home Run Derby, your uh the the softball game gets a lot of a lot of TV time and, and it gets even aired the next day usually yep. so that people love it and right after the the All-Star game and the Home Run Derby. So exciting to see Trey going into this. They, I think there's still did they, is it still three openings? Is it still two American League and one National League opening yeah, that so. is left? So we still don't know what that is, and here we are a week out. Right. <laughs> you know, they better figure that out real quick. Um, but Trey gets gets the announcement, gets the thank you, and then hits a 451-foot homer on Saturday himself. Yeah. Right? So straightaway center, too. Mm, it's a Beautiful shot um, out there in L.A. So it looked great. But I, I did want to ask you, because it, you were talking about trades before. Mm. A few weeks ago. And you said that nothing's off the table. You're willing to entertain anything. Mm. 
how do you feel about Trey participating? I know we talked about it, that it's great. It's great publicity. It's the right thing to do because of what happened with him. Um, it's a great way to, to to raise money for a cause because you know they're going to figure out. I guarantee. I'm going to say. I'm going to say this. I'm going to predict this right now. This is my home run derby prediction. They will find a way that for every home run Trey hits, some type of money will be donated from somebody. I'm sure somebody will come out with that based yeah. on on that that happening. Yeah, I agree. Um, but do you worry a little bit about the the Derby curse rearing its head on him after the, the Derby? No, nah, I mean, let's be honest. Trey hasn't been hitting very well lately. Yes, he hit that bomb uh, over the weekend, but his average is somewhere around like in the 250s now at this point, maybe the 260s if he's hit well over the last two dates that I haven't paid attention. Um, but I don't worry about the curse with him. I mean, what again, if we were in like a playoff run or something like that, I might worry about it. If he was the star of our player and we're trying to make a playoff run, yeah, that might cross my mind. But at this point, the Orioles are looking at it as, well, we've got a solid lock on last place. We're hoping for the the number one overall draft pick anyway, so I'm not worried about it from that perspective. Okay. Uh, the trade value, I don't know how much value Trey, Trey Mancini has right now. I told you before. Trey Mancini is a very good player on this team, but he's just an average player on most bigger MLB teams. I understand what you, and I know you're where you're going to go. I understand what he brings in veteran presence and locker room leadership and all of that stuff, and that's invaluable and you know unmeasurable and all of that. I get that. But just talking about statistically, when you're talking about outfielders, he's just not a wow guy to most of the big teams. So I just don't know how much trade value he's going to garner, okay. whether he participates in this home run derby or not. Well, you brought up trade. That's why I was just curious to get yeah. your take on it because we've, you know, we've talked about him, you know, doing well. He had a, a good portion of the end of May into, into most of June and really until the last week of June. Where well, he Drew says, or struggle. could it reverse the curse and a good showing in the derby break his bad back out and he shoots his way up? Maybe. Maybe. That would be nice. I'd hope be so. Ni- it'd be nice to see. So, <laughs> uh, but one guy who's got a great bat right now. He was just named the AL Rookie of the Month, Ryan Mountcastle. Take he should a- also win an award for the best facial expressions. Do you ever watch him, like, in the facial expressions that he makes, like, when an, either when an umpire makes a bad call or when he makes a bad, yes, like, swing at a pitch or something? He is fucking hysterical. I like Ryan Mountcastle, everything about him. Yeah, no, he's good. But, like, some people were saying, you know, is is this dessert? Some people on Twitter were saying, "How is how could you have this be the case when he's playing on a losing team?" Da da da. Yeah, his numbers what? are great, but he's not really helping the team that That's much ridiculous. if they're still losing. Da da da. I get, I get what you're saying. That he's on a losing team, but he's still the best he player. Hit like three thirty in June. Take, take a listen to these, num- these numbers in June. Three twenty seven average, a okay, three eighty two OBP, a six thirty four slugging percentage, a one point oh one five OPS. Yeah. Ryan, that's really good. That's real good. Uh, nine <laughs> homers, twenty six RBIs, and two of the understated ones, eight walks and four doubles. And the sad part about this is like he could be hitting even higher as far as average goes because he is not missing the ball at all. Everything he hits is a fucking frozen. He does have, he does have, he did have 26 K's in the month of June, but like he was making more contact than he was K's. This wasn't an Adam Jones situation where he was striking out as much as he was uh, hit making contact. Right. Good, right. Well, I just want to mention our one missing character here. The only other bright spot for the Orioles, uh, who, was, who was actually up in Aberdeen, John Means. Yeah. Uh, John Means on uh, his rehab in Aberdeen. Only pitched one inning. It was a one, two, three inning. Uh, but they did say he was hitting 90, 94 on the gun. So that's good w- with his rehab. Uh, 76 mile on our curve, 80, 86 mile on our sliders. 
Um, he only threw 13 Any pitches. detection of uh, sticky substance? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> this is Aberdeen. I didn't see anybody checking belts or gloves. So that's true. So take it for what you will. Um, <laughs> but there were only 13 pitches, 10 of them strikes. He only let them pitch the one inning. Got two, uh, waved two of them. But, you know, he's playing his I, children. Well, what does it mean? I don't know. I, I get it. It's more about just getting the work in, getting his arm ramped back up. If he's touching yeah. 94, that's promising. Uh, this next outing, you're looking for him to go to yeah. to go two innings, right? And still stay maintaining at 94, looking good, icing his arm big time afterwards. Yeah, you know, rubbing some icy hot on it. It was worth mentioning to transition to our Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah. so let's say. talk about that. So over the weekend, Ryan and I got a I chance. I put up a shell and tell just because, like, <laughs> I don't know what else to do. It's for the, it's for the two of you, but it's not shell and tell. Well, Ryan and I got a chance to go up to Aberdeen over the weekend. We uh, got to take in a game, and we also got to take in fireworks. It was obviously Fourth of July weekend. Uh, and I was excited, man. This was the first time I was going to get a chance to see one of our top prospects, a guy we talked a lot about on the show, Gunnar Henderson. Uh, we knew going into this game that he had had a struggle since he got promoted yes. to Aberdeen. I was hopeful that maybe we would be the extra push that he needed to come so out. So what of I'm show. hearing is he wanted to have another son. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's looking for. He's adopted. Uh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it was not a good outing for for Gunnar both offensively, defensively, every way possible was not a good outing. Yeah, Gunner was pressing hard. I think this is a sports psychology uh, <laughs> issue here. You put this kid out there who's a high schooler getting to live out his dream in Delmarva, playing on the Shorebirds, and was just raking, having a good time. And then you brought him up so fast that now he's got pressure on his shoulders. He's an up-and-coming riser, and he's like on the fast track to the big leagues, and he has this pressure. And it's not going well for him. He's right. he's hitting terrible. I mean, because the Ironbirds are not that big a step. Like, the, the right. players you're playing against are not much different than who you were. So what else could it be? Shout out to the guys over at the Verge podcast. Uh, they're a minor league podcast that has been doing a great job with keeping up on the farm and everything. I've been a big fan of them since they started. I think they just did episode 50, and yeah. they had Matt Blood, who's the director of player development for the Orioles, on the other day. And they were talking about, uh, yesterday, they were talking about um, Gunnar Henderson and Basically, what Matt Blood is trying to explain is the same thing that Ryan's saying. You know, this is a big jump for a kid, right? And he's 18 yeah. years old. He just, well, actually, 19 years old, just turned 20. Um, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. I, I've talked about this many a times. Baseball is one of the games that is, like, the most mental, I think. Like, mental side of baseball, I think, has the biggest impact in sports, in my opinion. Things can get in your head, and it changes everything, right? Yeah. And part of what he's doing is he's pressing. But then also, to Matt Blood's credit, he said the jump in pitching talent from low A to single A to high A is immense. Well, and this is this is the thing that's it's good but sucks about baseball, right? The failure rate in baseball is one of the highest in all of pro sports. Mm -hmm. Because of the simple fact because that they you, draft children. Well, it, <laughs> it's it also has to do with the fact that when you have these guys, there, there's in other sports, there's really not very many true developmental leagues, right? Who's NHL, right? Mm -hmm. They've 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 had developmental league, the Hershey Bears, for example, yeah. you know, as a developmental uh, team. So or NHL, yeah. NBA is starting to get on board with kind of like seeming like okay, maybe the G League is that that place for us. There's Aaron not Wiggins. what's that? I said Aaron Wiggins. Yeah, Aaron Wiggins. <laughs> but there's not. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, there's there's not much in the way in other sports. So it, it's it's a, it's a double edged sword, right? Because 
these guys recognize that the longer they stay in the minors, the greater the chance that there is, their dream never comes true. Because it's one of the few sports that that's the case. Yeah. When you look at it, that's why some of these guys try to rush it, right? They're trying to get they're trying to get up there. They're not on they're on a timetable that they don't even know about. Right? I'm sure they're shared, hey, we want to get you to this point. We need to work on this. You need to work on this. Other sports, I mean, think about the NFL. Can you imagine coming out of the NFL draft right. and having to go and sit for three years? In, a, in another league and then come out of playing. It's, I get it. So th there's, there's a lot in these kids, and they recognize that, and it's, it is hard for them. So I, I agree with Matt Blood. It, it's hard for these guys to make that jump, and the same is true with the pitching. To your point, the, that pitching is is kind of, to equate it to the NFL, it's guys that have trouble with game speed in the NFL. Yeah. Right? You can't, oh, he's really struggling with game speed. We've heard that. Right. But I call it's bullshit. the same Hold thing. Hold on, Ryan. So, so the thing is, what Matt Blood was basically trying to say is that low A to high A is one of the biggest jumps in talent this year, right now, as far as pitching talent, especially in the division that the Ironbirds are in right now. It's like going the from talent. community college but to here's, a top Here's 10 the thing where I was trying to go at with the whole mental side of the things. You can see how much, how much the mental side is affecting gunner specifically right now because it's not just struggles at the plate yep, what we what him and i saw were struggles in the field defensively trying to make up for other things that he's lacking in by making spectacular plays but then making bad bad, plays, bad plays. plays yeah yep. i mean there was a double play up the middle that should have That's been an easy turn the day, yeah. that he botched. It's just, it, it was a bad look all around for him. It's yeah, sad. I, I mean, I, the yeah, very, I what happened was, that's what I was going to call bullshit about the pitching because the fielding is what started in this game. Yeah. He had an easy play to shortstop. It was a, a easy grounder. He went to pick it and he missed it. It happens. No big deal. But he let that eat him alive. Yeah. The rest of the game, he was laying out for balls he didn't need to be laying out for. He ran and cut off his second baseman on what would have been an easy double play and instead like knocked the ball to the ground with his glove and ruined that double play. He was just all over the place. And then and, later and on, he he's throwing, throwing his glove, his glove in, the, yeah. in the dugout and whatnot. Yeah. So you could tell the mental side of things are a struggle okay, for him right now. I, I like that in the sense that I'm seeing emotion, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm looking I mean, for a plus side. Chris Davis. <laughs> 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 there, there's guys that can get 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 frustrated, and, and, and you see that. Okay, there's good great. emotion, and there's bad emotion. Right, come back from it. And, and I think it was Drew that just chimed in a second ago uh, that said Matt Blood also was happy to see him struggling, and not just riding oh, right. high. And he's so right. that he knows what it looks like to to to, to, to struggle. Yeah, it's right? not going to all be you know sunshine yeah, and rainbows all the time. That you're going to have these kind of struggles. Go ahead, Jay. But also, I just want to know who was the guy that came up with putting astroturf in the whole goddamn field. <laughs> It's a weird look. <laughs> it is. It is strange, no one, but you no know, one, no, the, the more majors I th don't even play on that crap. They do anymore. in Toronto. In uh, Toronto, because that's, it, and that's no my one point. Wants to put any this money is, out. This there. is kind of what I was talking about with Ryan. I think that I don't know if that was the decision. This is no, just me it, guessing. It's I awful. think it's Toronto is one of the only places that are full astro have, turf fields. No, but like they don't that, have and the it's in AL East. They don't have them That's well, that that's part of it too. There was what two grounds crew people there now running the staff. It was one or one. One dude came out on a gator. One dude came out on a gator, threw the two white circles down, and then he drove back and got some weights and he put them on top of the circles. Ground crew done. Yeah. You know, think, so now instead of having to pay dude. eight people, you're paying well, one. Yeah, I think and it's that, awful. I would go out there and help with the field. That is completely <laughs> when you're trying to come up in the bigs and you're fucking playing on fucking uh, carpet, 
Toronto only switched is, to grass because they were playing in Buffalo, Drew. Not uh, yeah, not in Toronto. It's no, still, I it's think still turf. I think no. They, it's still they turf. went to no, turf, but it's turf. not astroturf. It's no, no, no. Not, it's 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 a turf similar a to turf. what they're playing at in Aberdeen right now. Is it? It's, it's yeah. A, yeah, it's the a different rubberized kind of crap. It's not yeah. the fucking bullshit carpet on no. concrete that they used to have. No, it's, it's actual like and athletic people, turf. And like when they put in the ball was rolling slow and uh, they talked about right because they want okay, yeah because they they filled it with too much rubber so they had to pull some of the rubber out to make the grass a little bit a little bit uh but it's awful like Toronto's the only rough. only stadium that has it because they don't want to put any money out to build a new uh, nah, well, stadium it, the right. thing the thing that I comes with that stadium the <laughs> thing that comes that with there. it though that you have to think about it right you're talking about it, it's less upkeep things like that think about and and we all saw the videos last week yeah think about the grounds crew at, at Bowie how much recovery has to go into that field? Yeah. Right. Because you have to get the mud that's all off of it, off of it. In a turf field, you can put it, you can actually technically put in a better drainage system because you're not having to go through soil. It goes through the, the turf, it goes through the, the carpeting turf right. of it, and then it goes through the rubber pellets, and then it's down into the draining system. Drew's right. So, I'm looking at pictures of the, the field's grass now. No, yeah, I, was say, I thought it's it was not grass. In Toronto, Rogers. or are you looking at Buffalo? At Rogers, at Rogers Center, yeah, they they put in. It's not a it's full. Not it's not a full grass. It is like it is it's a turf. much. It's a, it's a much. It's like the turf that if I were to turf in my put turf in my backyard, Chuck like the pet says, turf. Real grass doesn't grow in Buffalo. <laughs> no, it doesn't grow in Buffalo. <laughs> true. Uh, but, uh, no. but all right, Ryan, get back to the game real quick. Let's talk a little bit about the game itself. Yeah, did you guys not hear just, something like see something like the Gunner ninth Henderson, or something like that? Yeah. So there was an interesting situation. This was a uh, a fast paced game. It was uh, nothing to nothing going into the late innings. I want to say it was like the seventh or eighth inning where. Uh, 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 I can't think of the team that we were playing against, but they they put a couple runs on the board. They put three runs on the board. Um, it was a real boring game. It was a pitcher <laughs> duel, yeah. zero to zero. How many times did he fall? So if you're looking for something good, the pitching in this game was good. Uh, J.D. Mundy looks like the real deal. The kid read, it can, it reads the strike zone very well, uh, makes good contact. Uh, Jordan Westberg is as advertised defensively. Didn't do a whole lot offensively in that game, but defensively uh, looked good. The, the thing that happened in this game – Later on, I'll let Ryan to kind of explain this, how it happened. But uh, there was an interesting situation with the catcher and the umpire late in the game with the away team that had a 3 to nothing lead. Yeah, it was a little strange. So, and they don't tell you anything. They don't announce anything. So, we're putting pieces together. But this is how it went down. So, we're again, we're down 3 nothing. This beautiful O'Day-like pitcher <laughs> throwing <laughs> sidearm, my favorite, is out there just destroying the Ironbirds. And I guess he... Didn't get a couple calls you didn't like, this, that, the other. Mind Something you, the happened. umpire had been terrible. Both ways. Both ways, all game long. As bad as the Bowie umpire? Not no, quite. Not quite that okay. bad. But <laughs> there was a lot of trash talking from players yes. going on, and he was, and the umpire wasn't even mad about it. Right. He was like, yeah, I suck. But anyway, <laughs> fastball up. Apparently, the catcher didn't even make an attempt at it. Caught the, the pitcher or the umpire right in the chest. Umpire stumbles away. He's a little hurt. He goes and meets with the umpire that was standing between second and third. They talk. All of a sudden, the pitcher is being thrown out of the game. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Let me get this straight. The catcher purposely doesn't catch the ball. Very obvious to everybody there. I mean, sounds like I'm guessing that's what they decided because the pitcher is all of a sudden gone. Yeah. But why are you throwing out the fucking pitcher if the catcher's the no one? Idea. Who, yeah, no I'm idea. I'm not going to catch the, this. But the catcher did not switch. I was, I was like, kind of interested. I was like, what? Is, how is that possible? It's like, well, the person that threw the ob object is the one that was the assault charge. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> he has but, every right as an umpire to go, you didn't catch that on purpose. Get the fuck out. I, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They should have probably ejected both of them is probably what the actual play should have been, but they didn't. But um, <laughs> but what ends up what ends up happening then is they bring out some fourth grader to throw lob balls to our players. Right. I don't know what this guy was doing because everyone on the Ironbirds was hitting it. That we had we got a bases loaded on walks and singles, and then we're ten feet away from watching a walk off grand slam in the ninth. It hit warning track power, and so we're like, "Oh man, we're gonna lose this." And then uh, we uh, we hit. Uh, it was a an double. error. There was an error at first base on I think Grace um, Hunter's ball, wasn't it? Yes, was it Hunter that hit that ball. Yes, so he had a line drive or drive at the first base, but it still should have been an out, but it was misplayed. He did hustle. He had not had the manny in him. He hustled down the line <laughs> and he got a, he got a single out of it. Yeah, kept the inning alive. And then there was a couple hits to right field that drove in winning runs. Yeah, they were double to win the game, a two-run double to win the game, four to three. Dude's throwing eighty mile an hour fastballs down the center of the plate and just let us win it. It was a fourth of July miracle. Yeah, all right, cool. So it ended up being a a pretty entertaining game that did not start off that way. After the first six or seven innings, it was pretty slow. Well, the game went pretty fast, but it wasn't a very entertaining game to say the least. All righty, good to see some good and some fireworks were great. All right, Scott, it's time for this week's Liquor Stop Brew of the Week. What did Jerry and the crew hook us up with? So Jerry hooked us up with uh, it's a, a beer from Raven Beer. Say, uh, it's got a familiar, a very familiar guy on the it, front. Might be somebody I'm related to. Yeah. Oh, really? With the size of that forehead. Oh, with the size of the forehead. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Telltale Heart IPA from Raven Beer. Uh, it never skips a beat, according to them. 7.3, one of the higher IPAs we've had in a while. Yep, um, and it drinks like a 7.3. Yeah, it's. It's heavy, very hoppy. Um, they say it's it's the the piece from the tell tell heart. They have the quote on there. Um, it's the beating of his hideous heart. So not a not a bad beer. It is heavy. It is not. It's like a one beer for me. Like I'll have one of these, and I wouldn't be able to have another um, just because yeah. it's very hoppy, uh, but not not too too bad. Um, also grabbed a another few beers. Um, Last week, I know we had the long drive, yeah. um, and I, I have one that he actually just got in this past week that I tried uh, that was really good, and it was a fruited sour. So I've learned there's sour and fruited sour now. Right. So this fruited sour is from Peabody Heights, the one that we had the trash wheel from. Yeah. Which one? Mr. Trash Wheel or the scientist trash wheel or the snake trash wheel? <laughs> the one behind <laughs> curtain number three. All three. <laughs> All three. Um, but no, this one was actually, so it's called Juiced. Okay. And there was this big thing on it on Twitter that they were doing it and it blew up on Twitter and Facebook um, that a bunch of people were, were saying this this stuff. T- I tasted it. It's like a, I think it's called a blueberry mango sherbet fruited sour. Hmm. I liked taste, everything about that until the sour part. It doesn't <laughs> taste like a sour. Okay. I'm going to get you one. You're going right. to you're gonna try it. It's, it is actually pretty good. Right. Like I, I do believe that you will drink it. And the other two, we had two uh, sour, one sour and one uh, milkshake IPA today. They were okay. Right. Um, but the this one on another level tasted amazing. Well, make sure you get up to Liquor Stop. Tell Jerry and the crew the Birdland BS sent you. Get your 10% off. All right, Ryan, it's time for this week's installment of Shell and Tell. Our Shell and Tell segment grew. Did he, was he over there typing he, away? 
he took my advice and Challenge he kind of like no, he, he elaborated on his notes. <laughs> it went from three words to twenty three words. So he elaborated. So there's not a whole lot. About. Honestly, there's not a whole lot going on this week. But the little bit that was going on, some big news. Big news around the uh, the hoop squad as we had been kind of waiting. Like I said last week, for the shoe to drop on the big three, uh, we had kind of heard what was happening with Daryl Morcell last week. Well, we found out where the other two pieces kind of fall in. Yeah, so Daryl Morcell goes to Marquette. Not the greatest news in the world. Eric Ayala is back, my boy, Mr. Slow Motion. Uh, he did lead the team last year with 15.1 points per game. And and honestly, with the upgrades we've had elsewhere on the team, he'll be able to play more of his natural position of the two, yeah. where he got a, had to play a lot of one the last couple of years. Yep. And that's just not who he is. Um, does a great job at it. I enjoy watching that, but he would rather be a shooting guard. Right. Um, the other piece, the other shoe to fall here, was the one that uh, we all talked about having probably the most NBA potential out of the three that we talked about. Aaron Wiggins um, decides to forego the extra season of uh, his final season at yeah, Maryland and keep his name in the NBA draft. Yeah, I mean, I guess technically he had two more seasons right. that he could have played here. With but. COVID. But he was getting older. Um, that's part of it. Um, Wiggins remains in the NFL draft for going his eligibility. I don't see any guarantees out there. I don't see him on any of the mock drafts. Yeah, because he I won't be in the NFL really draft. Expect, <laughs> I, I don't really expect him to be in the NBA next year. So yeah. he just wants to go play professional somewhere else, I guess. Did yeah, you? I guess the, the, the biggest problem that I have with this is not, you know, I don't have a problem with him chasing his dream. It's just if – Everything that you're seeing is not pointing at you at a promise to be in an, an NBA, right? Your your biggest potential then is going to end up being in the G League, playing somewhere there. I feel like with everything that's kind of going on with this whole name image likeness that's going around right now with college, college sports, he could make that kind of money staying at Maryland or at least somewhere close to it. Yeah, I think he could make more. And that's what I was just saying. He seems to be the opposite of more. This is like... I've always dreamed to go to the go play professional basketball. I'm going to go play professional basketball because I think if it was really about the dollar, being the best player on a top ten college team with name image likeness allowing you to get sponsorships feels like you would make more money than a G League or European contract. Not, right. I have a question because I don't. I don't I, you you would be more up on this. Has anybody that they brought in? Be t- would they be taking playing time away from him if he came back? I don't think so. Nah. I think he's better than pretty you much okay. everybody. Okay. See, I, 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 I'm so here, here's the thing with that, and you, I talked to you a little bit about this the other day. So I do think that it's a loss not having Aaron Wiggins. That's, that's a given hands down. But I do think some of the other pieces that we have coming in, we've got the kid Fats coming in from, uh, was it Rhode Island that he yep. came out of? Um, he's that going to be that, that point guard uh, that you know that controls the ball, but he's also a score first kind of point guard. He's he's electric, right? He can shoot the ball. He can get to the basket. I'm not comparing Cowan-esque. him. I'm not comparing him to Cowan or Mello, but he has that quickness and that explosion and that get to the basket type of 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 ability. So I like Fats, and I think he'll make up a large chunk of the point differential. Like you said, to your credit, moving. Ayala more to the number two and getting him more shot opportunities versus being a facilitator. I think his numbers will take an uptick. I think the improvements that we're going to have in the low post presence with getting the center from Georgetown and some of the transfers that we have coming in, depending on health, obviously, because Martinez is obviously dealing with some injury stuff right now. I think you're going to see some, some points 
made up on the low side of things, on the low post side of things too. So yes, it's a loss, but I don't think it's as, as catastrophic of a loss as some may think. You know, I've, I've seen some people say with Wiggins, this was a top five potential team. And then without Wiggins, it, they dropped to a, a like top 20 team. I don't know if it's that despairing, to be honest with you. I think, in my opinion, honestly, with or without Wiggins, I think this team was potentially a Sweet 16 team, regardless with or without him. What this did for me was not only did this hurt missing out on Wiggins, but this made me hurt more about the Morsell thing. Because we had an abundance of small forward types. So losing Morsell was like, okay. We then lose another small forward shooting guard, whatever you want to call Aaron Wiggins, 2-3. So we're down again. And so it's like a, a war of attrition. It's not necessarily him. I do agree with you. We have multiple players that can make up the 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 loss, the, the, the loss. point production. We certainly have upgraded the five. There's no doubt whatsoever. We lost uh, fake Jalen Smith and <laughs> Galen Smith down there, and we lost um, Chol Mariel, who was no loss at all. Right. You know, played five minutes and got but five But just pounds. take a second and look back two years ago and then to last year and look at the improvement that we saw in Don, guys like Dante Scott and the improvement that we saw in Hakeem Hart. Hakeem Hart wasn't even on our radar as a potential impact player last year because he was so bad his That's freshman year. That's the big one. If Hakeem Hart can take even half the step that he took last year, yeah, then he could basically erase the thought of Aaron Wiggins. Exactly. I don't think that anyone else we brought in actually replaces Aaron Wiggins or Morsell because we brought in guards, we brought in big men. We didn't really bring in that athletic athletic stretch three type. That was not who we got here. Right. So, uh, listen, I I hope he gets drafted. I, love I hope he does too. I, I love I, Aaron I really Wiggins. I hope he proves us all wrong. I do. I, it, and and I don't know anything. It's not me. It's just. Prove the people I'm reading wrong. Right. Because I'm not making a judgment here. You right. could be the best player in the NBA draft for all I know. Well, so <laughs> I wanted to get your take on this. The, the whole name image, image likeness thing, right? We talked about that and how the he could have potentially made the kind of money that he would make in the G League just getting money off of endorsements from name and image likeness. We're already seeing it kind of take off at College Park. We've seen a lot of endorsements with Barstool and a couple other uh, – uh, companies that have been out there. I can't even think of the name right now. GoPuff, I think, is one of them. <laughs> My question to you is, what are your thoughts on the name image likeness so far and what the potential impact will be with this team or sports program? I think it's great, but I think that they needed to get off their ass and work these kinks out 10 years ago. Yeah. Because I think they just There just seems it. to be no clarity. They forced it through because they had to. Because they were losing control. They were losing power. The NCAA was about to be no more. Because they were just going to unionize and go around them. And this was like last grip effort of like, okay, just let them do it. When we could have spent five years figuring out the legal legalities of it, the right. logistics of it, how we're going to keep a competitive balance while allowing it what the difference between an, inf an infraction and a non-infraction is because really like you have to prove so much like you could legit you're not allowed to give people a sponsorship in order for them to play for your team right but how do you how do you tie those things it's going to be so many like disconjointed well, you don't. You have to prove that that's tied together. Yeah. So like, there's no limit. There's no number per individual person. There's no like, 
exclusion for me for the before it was like it was a much bigger deal whether you know their buddy could buy them dinner but if i ran into the bar and wanted to pay for aaron wiggins uh, wiggins tab because he was cool that night right. i literally couldn't because i was a season ticket holder and therefore considered a booster and therefore if i just pay his bar tab the dude gets kicked out of college right. which is insane i'm glad it's gone it's ridiculous. but like the difference between that and what we have now of like I don't know how the, what the difference is, and the players don't know. I've, I was just in communication with a player asking them because we've we have you know we've interviewed players, and in the past I've asked them to sign memorabilia to send back so we can keep a collection of it. Yeah. And we've always held off until they graduate. And so I've been in communication with some of the players about it, and the, and one of them was like, "Yeah, well, we can do that," and the other one was like, "I'll get back to you on that because they don't know. They need to check, and that's right. good." They need to, you know, check their. I don't. The, there's a reason why we didn't push the topic. Was even though I'm not giving them anything, I didn't want something to be misconstrued right. and cost this kid something. Right. No, and I get that. I'm glad you're going through all that and dotting your T's or cross yeah, your T's, like, dot your eyes. Definitely check with with everyone that you need to check with. Let me let me ask you this though, because just a couple years ago, might have been a year ago, um, the University of Maryland was kind of advertising themselves or publicizing themselves as. They're support. They're in support of the whole name, image, likeness. It seemed like it was going to be based on the university's decision whether they were going to actually allow these players to to make money off of name, image, likeness. Well, now that this has passed, it, so people and fans out there understand. Is there any difference in what Maryland is doing versus what all other colleges are doing, or is pretty much everybody on board with this now? They just had a head start. Um, so they, what Maryland was doing was putting into effect basically resources for the players, so that they had. Um, I forget. Was I think it, like it was teachings? called. I think it was called Open Doors or something. It was like teachings um, for them, yeah, right? So yeah. So it, it was teaching you how to brand yourself, teaching the legalities of like how to write contracts and how to read contracts. Um, resources on like. Uh, so they were prepared day one to be able to jump yeah, forward. Connecting yeah. you with individual uh, businesses that are looking for this opportunity instead of it just being Twitter DMs. Right. Like there was like a middleman. There was an, a, a free agent, if you will. Uh, go ahead, Scott. So I just want to chime in because Garnett said something, This and this is exactly kind of where I stand. The NCAA realized how much money they're missing out on the football game. So here, here's the thing, right? <laughs> think, think about this from this perspective in the NCAA. If I get allowed say, okay, fine, you can use your name image likeness. Now you can make money. You can do all that stuff. Now these guys go in and do that. Well, how are those companies then going to promote? They're going to turn around and make commercials that are going to wind up airing on. Oh, during NCAA games, what happens now? The NCAA is getting more money. That's what this is all about. It has nothing to do with rushing it to make it look good. It's they want to make more money and they want to make it now because they didn't make it last year. So why not go ahead and say, yeah, you can use it because most of that money is going to wind up coming back because those people are going to be pointed in a certain direction. And that is already sports. So why not go ahead and add, you know, add the content from a sport perspective? I don't know. I think this was I think this was like the whole both racial inequities and just like socioeconomic inequities of like the man abusing people. Like that's the hot button topic everywhere, not just in college sports. Right. That's like, that's the topping talking point everywhere. And when this was going way outside of sports, this was going to the Supreme court. This was going in front of Congress. This was like, I mean the, the Jordan McNair bill yeah. in front of the Senate where with, 
uh, with Marty talking in front of him, like, this was bigger than the NCAA. And the NCAA, who has always been, you do this because we fucking say so, realized bigger, badder dogs were about to get involved, and they needed to stop it. Joe Carlozo, our, our Birdland BS tax expert, has a good point. Sounds like a lot of tax problems, and these kids have no idea what I, they are getting themselves into. I agree with that. 100%. I 100% agree with you, and I'm hoping that Open Doors is, is you know, trying to teach them some of that. I'm hoping that they've set aside, like, telling these kids you need to keep 30 to 40% of your income for next April to see what this does. Like it's you, you are, cause they're going to get surprised. They're yeah. really going to get surprised. There, there's definitely going to be a lot of all that money. There's going to be <laughs> yeah. a lot of hurdles. There's going to be a lot of coaching with and, this. There's going to be a lot of learning. But That's a lot of good because there's so much shit I learned in college. That means yeah. fucking nothing. So if they yeah. could teach everyone in college, how to do their own taxes and how right. to do, like, if we could just get rid of HR, maybe sorry, Joe Carlozo. If we could just get rid of your job, <laughs> maybe this, maybe this, maybe it'll take this to finally bring high schools to introduce a finance class. Yes. Yeah, finally. Well, so uh, Joe says, let's start an NIL shop. We can make millions. I think you just worked yourself out of that, which is saying you got a job. <laughs> All right, fellas, it's time for this week's rundown, which we haven't done in a few weeks. It's been a while. It has been a while. Um, I'll start this week's off, and I'll let you go because we're, we were kind of on a <laughs> uh, a similar vibe here. We'll, we'll start off on the somber note, yeah. then maybe get into we're, some excitement. We're, we're all covering disasters. Mine's just a little less sad. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't heard, uh, some tragic news hit the uh, the golf circuit the other day. Pro golfer Gene Siller. Uh, was found dead on the 10th green at the Pine Tree Country Club in Kennesaw, Georgia on Saturday. Crazy. Uh, he was shot in the head, apparently, and pronounced dead on the scene. Officers also found, get this, found bodies of two other men in the bed of a Dodge 3500 pickup truck on the green as well. So apparently, uh, one of the bodies was the owner of the truck. Uh, both victims were also found with gunshot wounds to the head. To me, this sounds like mob ties, uh, just the way that they were killed. It's yeah. weird. I just had a bad day at the ground greens, all right, man? I need to blow some, <laughs> like, a 72. I can't shoot that anymore. Yeah. 72 on the front nine. Well, apparently, Siller was reported uh, reportedly responding to an issue on the golf course 10th hole when a man in a white truck pulled his vehicle onto a sand trap nearby, according to the Post. And then when Siller went to talk with the man in the vehicle, that's when he was shot. Uh, it's it's awful news. I mean, Siller was so only many, in his like late forties. Yeah. You know, he's got a wife and kids and everything. It's so a many really questions of what story. like it was hit situation. Is there somebody else involved? I haven't heard yeah. if the, if a gun was found. This like, sounds like so, something straight out of a, a mob story, like a movie. Well, it, I, it's I know awful. that some people were saying like like oh, is this a murder suicide? Like, no. but there was no from from what everybody's saying from whatever I've read. I haven't heard anything about a gun being found. So it's it makes you like. What the hell's going on here? Apparently, like, apparently people saw the, the guy flee uh, flee from the scene, so there was somebody apparently spotted. It's just somebody pushing they cocaine haven't found through that country yet. club. Some, <laughs> something was happening. Probably. <laughs> but guys, well, uh, my guy wasn't pushing through cocaine through a country club. Uh, he just uh, he died of chest trauma from an errant firework, and that was goaltender Blue Jackets, Columbus Blue Jackets goaltender Matisse Kilinikas. Uh, he died of chest trauma from an errant firework mortar blast. Um, now, police from in, this has happened in Novi, Michigan. Not um, Ocean City? Not Ocean City, no. Oh, God, no. that was yeah, a that shit was, show. Yeah, that was a shit show, too. <laughs> Good uh, God. But they said that, that it, the firework apparently slurred, uh, tilted uh, slightly towards some people that were nearby on Sunday night. I mean, this 24-year-old kid was hanging out with some friends and some family in a hot tub. Uh, they 
bunch of people tried jumping out. The cops actually thought that he had jumped out of the hot tub and like hit his head while running away, and that's how he died. Yeah. But it was this autopsy report that said the mortar actually hit him in the chest. And that's what killed this guy. Uh, crazy, crazy story. Um, the, the police actually responded to this pretty quickly. Four minutes and 38 seconds from the time the call was made to when they got on scene. Um, it, crazy, but it's just sad to hear. Young kid, 24. Uh, he was one of the you know up-and-coming goaltenders in the league. Um, it's, and it's just, just really, really sad to hear. Uh, and it's it, sad. There, there, there's a lot of danger in fireworks. We've seen Pierre Paul lose a say, part ask, of his hand. Ask Jason Pierre Paul how that worked out for him. Uh, I see videos on TikTok all the time of these college kids shooting fireworks at each other, lighting them in people's bedrooms and bathrooms to scare people. Like dumb shit that it, it's just, it's not safe. It, it's too risky. I'm hopeful. We did some dumb shit as kids for sure. 100% I have. I can't say I haven't. I blew off 800 hours of fireworks in about 17 seconds. In fact, it was not my fault. I had a very safe setup. We blew off about $800 worth of fireworks one year. Had no problems. The next year, my buddy Eric, who's going to get his name drawn here, (laughs) wanted to help out with more than just the repeaters. And so we each got to load mortars, which did make it a little bit faster and a lot yeah. more fun to watch. You better load that mortar in the right but way. <laughs> he loaded it in the right way, but he did not light it at the end of the fuse. He lit it in the middle of the fuse, which when you light a fuse in the middle, Shoot. the other end becomes a rocket. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's really intimidating. It spirals <laughs> and circles. And when it's dark, it's really fun to watch until it lands in your bucket of repeat mortars <laughs> oh, and Jesus. it begins to glow in front of you and you're don't know what to do. We were in the water. I thought it was when everything's safe. I had a floating beer pong table this thing was being launched off of. <laughs> I put the whole bucket under the water. I'm like, fuck $800. Let's drown these things. Well, the fuses are waterproof because they're fireworks. <laughs> so that bitch kept glowing. <laughs> I yell, everybody get down, and it looked like Fallujah in there, man. Just so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting I'm underwater getting punched in the back by mortars. I mean, these were the big boys. These were yeah. the 300 foot up, 90 foot burst, illegal as shit fireworks. <laughs> I, I think I'm more Jesus leaning Christ. towards the future with fireworks <laughs> and seeing more of these light shows that they're doing with these the drones. The drones and everything. Sounds a little bit more safer well, than what fireworks. I, so are I was actually at somebody's house this weekend. And they list them all. Do you know they're doing uh, the full ones now? They're they're becoming more and more popular. Where it's it's like a full box of a five minute or two minute show it's you light one fuse and you walk away and as long as you bolt it down to a piece of wood or something you're fine yeah people will still find a way to fuck that but yeah besides, they'll just hold them <laughs> with, with that story I also read while he was talking to a teammate um he told his uh teammate before he passed that don't get an ambulance with me and then he he was passed on the on the way to the hospital. Uh, that's mm-hmm. awful. Crazy. All right, James. Being that we're on you, we'll let you go to the next topic. We'll go ahead. Mine is. Um, did you know there could be there's two NFL players that could win a championship ring for basketball. One and of my, them will, and <laughs> yeah. one of them will. One of them will. That's and right. uh, come to find out, you had the Suns and Bucks starting tonight in the finals, and uh, Aaron Rodgers is a minority owner of of the Bucks and. Uh, uh, Fitzgerald, Larry is, Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald is for the Arizona 
minority. So uh, one of them is going to have NBA championship ring. Larry, so Larry making some money this month. First, he's on the match tonight. Yeah. Now he's got his going on. You talking about uh, Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Got what about both of both of Larry Fitzgerald was on. He he's actually on the panel with Charles Barkley for the match tonight. Oh, as a, so as him, a, as a, as a yeah, yeah, gotcha. as a, yeah. So Aaron <laughs> Rodgers has a chance to win a Super Bowl, <laughs> an MVP, a golf tournament, and possibly an NBA championship ring yeah. all in one year. And still has 1.2 million less followers than Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right, Ryan, you're up. All right. I have a little bit different NFL news. So um, apparently anybody can request a trade now. Even if you've never done anything, even if you are a nobody. Tim Tebow on the move? Yeah, Tim Tebow wants to get a No. <laughs> Well, Nikhil Harry, remember that name? You I know, do. He yeah. used to be good like in college yeah. in Arizona State. He was great in college. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, he got drafted by the Patriots, uh, 32nd overall pick in 2019. Injured his first year, only played seven games, but still did nothing those seven games. 12 passes, 105 yards, and that was with Brady. Yeah. Now last season, of course, you only had Cam that couldn't throw anything. I'd probably go to throw more passing <laughs> yards. 33 receptions, 309 yards. 14 games. So still didn't play all the games. You can't stay on the field. You're not catching the ball. But you're demanding a trade. I just don't understand. Like, we're losing complete control at this point. Yep. Uh, I get the star quarterbacks. I get, like, when you've been wronged by an organization. Like, uh, Nagakwe felt like there was, like, personal issues between him and the and the coaching staff. Just, I didn't get the ball enough. I want to trade now. <laughs> You've never done anything when you get the ball. You haven't you even about? lived out your first like, contract yeah, yet. Yeah, at least Hayden Hurst like earned you know, something. Hayden Hurst at least fucking when he did got the ball, he did something with it. And then he fucking yelled at the coaches that it, that he did something. Yeah, but see, here's but the thing: he doesn't do anything. Here's the thing that's the difference with Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst didn't go public with this. Hayden Hurst well, went it was to kind of public due to the cameras. <laughs> Huh? When he was flipping out of the sidelines. Oh no! But I'm talking. About, I'm talking about <laughs> trade requests. Yes. Yeah. He went to Eric DeCosta and said, "If you could facilitate a trade, I would like that." And it was up to the Ravens to whether or not they were going to do that. To go public like this and have your your uh, your agent. lawyer and your agent yeah. go out and go public with this, it's a bad look for somebody that's under a rookie contract. I 100% agree with you. They're losing control. Makes people of this. not want to deal with you. Yeah. Anybody and everybody can trade at this point or be asked to be traded. And for once, Ravens flock, sit this one out. Please. Yeah, they won't. They won't because I've already seen it. They're, 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 oh, they're, yeah. I, I was looking today on the on the one of the Facebook pages and said, God, I didn't well, since it. nobody said it, I'll be the guy. Nikhil Harry wants a trade. For what? I mean, if you want to give them Boykin for Nikhil Harry even just because of Lamar. For a guy that you're going to cut <laughs> yeah, anyway? Yeah, whatever. I mean, because Lamar kind of pretty much apparently hates Boykin. Maybe he won't hate this guy. Like, you can do that. But we're not giving up draft capital for this guy that's never done anything with Tom Brady. With Tom Brady. What, what do you think he's going to do down here? Nothing more than that. He's doing nothing. Yeah, I agree. boundaries two topics 30 seconds each it's time for the two minute warning no! all right scott it's time for the two minute warning you're going first boss i'm going first sir. all right we got it all right who's asking the first question i got you boss all right man i'm ready Last week, 100-meter favorite Shakari Richardson failed a drug test for marijuana, keeping her out of the Olympic Games. How uh, how does it 
Whoa, how, how just, just is it? How, how just is it that we should start getting more lax on marijuana use? Mind you, it was legal in the state she used it in. Yeah. Yo. You basically took my point. I mean, the state <laughs> that she smoked it in was completely legal. I think it, it, having marijuana as a substance to to be tested for needs to go away in all sports, in my opinion. It there's so help. many there's so many medicinal reasons that people use uh, you know marijuana that again, it's not a performance enhancing drug. I think that this is time that the world just accepted marijuana use and deal with it. I I, I agree. The, the I love. Robin Williams. You ever seen Robin Williams stand up when he's talking about marijuana use and and the Olympics and he says, it isn't a fucking performance enhancing drug unless there's a big fucking Hershey bar at the end of the fucking run, (laughs) right? That's all it is. I never heard that. That's funny. It's hilarious. Uh, But no, it's, it's, you have to go with the times. Times are changing. I get it. There are, I do get the point that some people say it's, it's, she knew that it was a problem. Yeah. You knew that it's not legal, but you know what? Just get past the times. Second question. All right, another uh, weed topic. Uh, with Josh Gordon <laughs> applying to be reinstated in the oh, NFL again, should there be a three strikes and you're out type? For weed and weed only, no. But Josh Gordon has been a substance abuse abuser, and that's the problem. They, there's been is, uh, issues with him with DUIs. There's been issues with him uh, with cocaine going back to his college days. Uh, it's, it's more than just marijuana. Uh, and Josh Gordon is a guy that just – either needs the help and just hasn't accepted it. Uh, I feel bad for the guy yeah. because, you know, you hate to see somebody struggle like this. Yeah, but. I mean, look, it, it's a def- I agree it's a substance abuse problem. He's had problems, I think, in, in what, college? He had problems with, like, cocaine. He yeah. experimented with that. He's had marijuana. He's had alcohol issues as well. Right. Suspensions for alcohol, DUIs. Uh, so, look, there's, there's an overall substance abuse problem. The three strikes you're out thing, yes, but at the same time, if you're going to do that, it needs to be for for multiple things and you need, to have, you need to have grades right a grade one is you're done you're you are done period right grade two you get two strikes grade three you get three strikes and that's but there we're kind of getting to a point with josh gordon it's like dude the nfl needs to step I've up and say hey it's such a waste because he's need, super talented to, right but the nfl this is where the nfl needs to do the right thing and step in and say look we're not going to reinstate you until you successfully complete a rehabilitation program. That's the problem is he He's goes through these, he, he, he completes them, but then he completely reverts back to it. The minute he gets reinstated As and after the second time, six people a week to those, they don't work usually. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, Scott. Good show. Sign us off. Yeah. Appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week. I got no script in front of me this week. Cause I'm finally learning how to do this without it. Make sure you guys check us out on our website, www.birdlandbs.com. While you're there, get yourself some birdland BS gear. Always wearing it. Get some hats, get some shirts, get some shell and tell in you got the shell and tell podcast as well i know that'll be picking up here soon as we start getting back into the flow of things with college programs make sure you check that out also check us out on birdland sports and big play we're all on those two pages as well if you want to have your opinion or topic heard on the show make sure you find us first at birdland bs is how you find us or backslash birdland bs is how you find us on any of the social media pages that's facebook twitter youtube instagram snapchat where the hell else are we i think i got them all everywhere Everywhere. make sure you also check out the audio version of the podcast spotify itunes google podcasts wherever you listen some of you guys asked for verbal we're on verbal uh spotify there was an issue thank you guys for pointing that out we got that fixed mostly i believe i think it's it's fixed completely god damn you 
what was it? Music, whatever, Universal, Universal whatever it is. Whoever. Screw you, Universal. Simple as that. Old two-minute um, warning. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you always tune in each and every week. Tuesdays, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. Stay tuned for the after hours. We're going to be talking the Birdland BS inaugural Dynasty League draft. Yeah, man. Talking that. And a little new segment that's getting a shift in the Would You Rather slash Pick Your Poison. Make sure you check us out and tune in each and every week for Fred, Ryan, James, Drew, who's not here, and myself. Feel better, buddy. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. See ya.